combat time! Episode of Combat Time, where three friends play Mortal Kombat. And today, we are actually going to be playing the uh, granddaddy of them all game, Mortal Kombat 2, released in 1993. And today, I am joined by Josh. Hello. And Yassim. What up? What up, what up? What up, fools? And today, like I said, we are playing the uh, pinnacle uh, game of Mortal Kombat. especially. The supposed game. pinnacle. The supposed pinnacle. I I my I, I have had an enlightened opinion uh, embracing I will this game. Drive over there and fight you if, the, if <laughs> anything more than the best Mortal Kombat. It's gonna take two hours, buddy. Oh, <laughs> dude, it'll be worth up. it. I will be festering with anger, resentment. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I I will not I will not take credit away from it. Mortal Kombat Two was an incredible uh, improvement. It, you know upgrade from mortal Kombat one uh just like more everything more you know combat uh more characters more moves more secrets uh i just that that ai man that ai makes it almost I mean, unplayable look, but you know i'm not gonna if I'm say that, with another person but that's fine i'm gonna say i mean i was i don't know i was i guess we'll just say here i don't think this is a perfect game i mean there's definitely a lot of flaws especially when you get to like the console ports of it um but I will say I agree with you. When you're playing, to me, when I think of Mortal Kombat 2, I think of playing against somebody. Yeah, yeah. Playing against someone, whether it's on an arcade or it's you know next to you with a controller. Mortal Kombat 2 is Mortal Kombat 2 when you're playing against someone else. I feel like and once you get into the single player with the AI, that's when it becomes something else. And funnily enough, I don't think I had a lot of experience in my life playing against somebody else. I mean, I, I really? first played, I, I only ever played it in the arcade. Finally, when we went to a joystick bar, what, you know, five years ago or less. Uh, oh, in my man. childhood, I played it in Super Nintendo. And I did play against my brother-in-law and my best friend a little bit, but not extensively. The majority of my experience of the game from my childhood was playing the one-player, uh, which somehow as a kid, I fucking beat the game. Playing it now, I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. I must like, have had a lot of spare time, I guess, to just get it right. But Jesus. D- dude, like, I remember um, playing Mortal Kombat 2 for the first time in an arcade, which, of course, be- being the early 90s, I played it in a mall, um, the mall, um, in Greenville, South Carolina at the time. Uh, and I remember, like, just loving everything like fun like like funny enough i think i was still kind of new to mortal Kombat at the time i'd played a little bit of mk1 in the arcade uh but i didn't really play i didn't really get fully invested in it like a mortal Kombat until two came out around that time and i remember just loving it there are so many quarters and my mom gets so pissed at me um, because i would keep asking her for extra money and she thought i was buying toys and i'm like nope i'm just dumping it all in this arcade game moms i'm sorry it's like i need i need that ball breaker in my life so i'm i'm over here just like playing random people and some of them are beating me and some of them are not but that 
that that I, I actually credit Mortal Kombat two with a very good bit. I mean, like outside of Street Fighter two, Mortal Kombat two is what is what stampeded or signified my love of fighting games. Like at my core, like I wouldn't be the fighting game lover that I am if it wasn't for Mortal Kombat two. There's Funny, just I think so it would have been many Street Fighter two for you. Street Fighter Street Fighter two I think is going to be the main point, but Mortal Kombat two without a doubt plays a point. Like if if I had to pick a game at the time. That if I wanted to play a fighting game that wasn't Street Fighter Two, it was gonna be MK Two. Oh, absolutely. Because, because like it, I wasn't into Tekken too much early on, and really like uh, Neo Geo and SNK fighting games really weren't that big in my area, so it's not like I heard about them a lot. So the only I've still game never seen town, Neo Geo. Yeah, well, <laughs> they exist. I saw one. Has anybody <laughs> seen house. a Neo Geo? I have. Yeah, I, I, I saw one at a friend's house because their parents were just those types of people, but my parents never freaking got me one. Bastards. You mean rich. <laughs> I was lucky to get a Genesis and damn it, I was going to like it. So, you know, right? like if... <laughs> I mean, for, but, like for me, like, like I've said before, like Mortal Kombat 2 was my first Mortal Kombat. I missed the whole train for MK1, so this game has such a both a nostalgic feel to it and just I don't know for some reason it just it it really clicks for me as far as like as a pure video game or yeah as a pure video game and a fighting game like I don't know like I've I'm opposite of Josh where I almost exclusively played it like multiplayer like two player I I played it in the arcade a bit like maybe once or twice but most of it was at home against my brother or when friends came over like that's how I played Mortal Kombat two mostly. Um, I pl- I mean I played the single player once in a while when you know nobody's like available to play it. But if I was if it was that case, then if I was you know playing on my own, then I would play something else. Like I'd play mm-hmm. Sonic or Rocket Knight or something like that. Whereas if I'm if someone is here, I'm like, oh, let's play some multiplayer. What do you want to play Street Fighter two or you want to play Mortal Kombat two? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times it would. It would sometimes start with Street Fighter 2, but it'll end up with Mortal Kombat 2 because everybody wants to play that game instead. So you never dived into the ladder and got the backstory and the character endings and all that when you first played it? I dived into it, but I never... I, feel, I honestly don't feel like I ever... Uh, I feel like I've, I have beaten the game back in the day. But it wasn't a highlight for me. The highlight was playing against each other and having like... A strategy guide in front of us yeah. and trying to do fatalities or whatever you know god knows uh, yeah. i have an old beat up uh official oh i should have stood up and grabbed it before i started talking uh i might have to grab it here i mean you can we can we'll vamp yeah yeah okay i mean not right now i'm not going to read anything from it uh, at this second but yeah i have an old official uh authorized mortal kombat 2 guide and i had that sucker open while i was playing this game a lot of yeah. people a lot of people did. I think actually, I remember. I remember a fun memory where I went to the mall and I played Mortal Kombat against a, like a random dude who was just basically like dominating and and hoarding the machine. So the idea was you had to beat him. But of course, the the way you like like while he's there playing the game, he actually had his uh his MK2 guide like right there <laughs> in his pocket, and he would bust that out to learn different moves on different people. Oh, it was like and a really, pocket size one. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about pocket size. I mean, I think he just had the magazine rolled up in his back pocket, but he, so it was definitely worn, but he still had it. So he would like, 
you know, in between matches, he would flip and look at different strategies because he was he was the guy. He was trying to do the babality. He was trying to do the friendship. He was trying to do, yeah. you know, the stage fatalities because those were not as well documented back then unless you looked it up in a magazine. Yeah. It's not like you could look right. this stuff online back then. magic before so. the internet and it wasn't on a menu in a game, which, uh, yeah. you know, it is, the thing to do is to, to pick the characters you want to know and the moves you want to know and write them down in an index card because I will say having the book open and having to flip a page, be like, "Shit, what's Scorpion stage fatality again?" It's like I know, a little right? unwieldy. It's like I I didn't get to the point of doing it, but I was getting ready to just write it down in an index card, just like everyone probably did do. And like you see the meme now, where like politicians looking down at something and it zooms in, and it's like Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> <down>. Yep. <laughs> but do, you know, but dude, like one thing about MK2 that I feel like is not talked about nearly as much is just the culture that it kind of you know. Damn right. made because you would go to the arcade and usually there wasn't one person playing that there was usually you know on a good day a decent crowd no matter where you were watching people play and it became like this whole like sort of a sort of culture in of itself around this one game and i could say that i had so many fun interactions with people like there was trash talk there was like handshakes there was you know claps and applause if you actually did a fatality like a certain one there were like you know grunts and oh's and oh my gods like being shouted at everything that people were doing while this game was being played and i can and even though i love street fighter 2 the first real experience i got with that sort of culture was mk2 and i feel like the game deserves so much credit for that because there was a time where i thought mk2 was like so good that i liked it more than street fighter for like a very brief period of time like i i was like no mortal kombat's where it's at like street fighter is fun but at the time i'm like okay but like slicing someone up in two with Kong Lao's hat is way cooler than doing a lightning kick on someone with Chun Li. Like it just is. So yeah, that's the thing. It's 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 like I always thought. You know, technically Street Fighter is the better game. Yeah, but it is. Mortal Kombat had the fun factor that you wanted in a in a video game. And like mechanically, it, had, it doesn't play that bad either. It doesn't play that bad. I'm just it's saying, just like not, it's not as it's nuanced tighter. as it's a, Street Fighter. Right, it's a tighter game, like move wise, and like everything is tighter in Street Fighter, but in Mortal Kombat, it just it does it does enough um, to feel good, but then you just have that added extra like bonus of you know the blood and the gore, and then you have like the punctuation of a fatality, and it's one of the if if you do it. It's like a badge of honor and like a uh, a shaming kind of thing almost. Like it's like kicking someone mm-hmm. when they're down. Like they're already yeah. lost and then you do a fatality. It's like I don't know. It's, it's it does it definitely contributed to the culture of it. Um, I'm I'm kind of sad that I kind of missed the uh, arcade, you know, craze around the game. I like I said I played it a few times, but it was always at like. A random store or something like yeah. that. Where it had I mean, don't feel sad. I didn't have that either. Like, I never got to experience the arcade culture of it until three. Yeah, oh, I didn't. Dude. I didn't get into like you know arcade stuff. Like, I didn't go to arcades regular until like well into the PS One era. Like when Tekken and you know those kind of games were out. That's when I started to get into like going to arcades and stuff. But Jay's like ten years older than us, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the, like I, I, I'm the old man of our trio, but dude, like he's, uh, he's like, like uh, two uh, years older. Than yeah, us. he's literally not. He's two years older than us. <laughs> 
But like, dude, like uh, Josh, man. I, admittedly, I think I can say this. You like, if you didn't experience the arcade um, culture around Mortal Kombat Two, dude, you missed out. That I mean, that I was, was I was that was a wonderful time. That was, that was you a, know, right around when the internet started to be born. And just like reading about, I mean, I, I, I read up in GamePro and EGM, so I knew like, you know, rumors too, they would right. print yeah, like yeah. fake rumors in GamePro and just like, mm-hmm. I got a taste of it at least. And, you know, even playing the home ports of friends, I'm like, dude, did you know that if you do this, uh, you're going to be able to fight Jade? What? You know, it's like, man, I was about to say Jade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you still got that, but you just got it at school, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You you heard about it from friends at school, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, come over to my house later, and we'll you know, we'll try this or that, or let's go play you know this game or whatever." Like, you know, it 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 became more of like a, whose house are we going to to play Mortal Kombat? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. And then you and then you played different versions too. Cause like my friend, one of my friends had the the SNES version of it, and I had the Genesis version. But at that time, we couldn't really tell the difference outside of like, oh. Well, they both had the blood version, but Man, you had to you turn had it on. Yeah, bad eyes if you couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah. and um, bad ears. Yeah, but I, I will say, I mean, there's something. Maybe it's nostalgia, but even back then, every time I looked at the cartridge for Mortal Kombat 2, it just looks so cool. I don't know what something about the design of it, and it ties in with the opening, the opening title card too, which is just the stormy sky. Yeah, and the fact that the the, the Genesis like cartridges are black. Oh yeah. So it's like black and then it has the black uh background and then it has the Mortal Kombat like logo. It just looks so clean. Mm, yeah, boy, I didn't I, have that in Super Nintendo. I remember I remember <laughs> I remember when it had that logo. I remember thinking like, "Oh, this is going to be like the dark edgy sequel because of course like Which when you think was. about how- but, well, I mean, the it was, yeah, of course. Yeah, pretty much. But like, uh, but I just love like how basically what you see is basically what you're gonna get, like in a good mm-hmm. way. Because Mortal Kombat One had the whole like almost like this rising sun color palette, um, because it was about like you know the tournament itself, which is very akin to like Enter the Dragon. Um, a little bit, which is drew inspiration from Mortal Kombat 2, is like, oh, Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn is done playing games, and he's going to hold another one anyway, and now we're just going to go with this, like, lightning strike with the symbol in the background, and it's almost like, okay, now it's personal. Not in Kansas um, anymore. Yeah, we're not in Fucking Kansas outlaw. anymore. And so they decide to kind of go into this realm of, like, extra fun with Mortal Kombat 2, with new characters and everything, and and, and basically improve the game in just about every way. Because we're just in a new realm now, and I think at that point yeah. it sort of signified that, uh, it, which is a trend in games in general, is that whatever game that you have, the first game comes out, it's well received, but the second game, usually the two in any game, they improve on everything that you ever wanted to be improved on, and it becomes the best version of whatever game it is. Which is yeah, why a lot of people. The case. That's not always the case, but I feel like for Mortal Kombat, it like it kind of is. Oh, definitely. Mortal Kombat yeah. definitely succeeded. Uh, I mean, outside my own criticisms of it, it is it is the Terminator Two to Mortal Kombat's Terminator One. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree yeah. with that. Story, gameplay, everything—it's just extra. It's Mortal Kombat Plus. And I will say, and, like the the intro, like because I played it. Uh, we can probably just say which version that we played. For me, I played. The Genesis version and the arcade version. I didn't get around to playing the DOS version because, like, I couldn't be bothered to like reconfigure the freaking joy. To oh keep yeah, thing. I'll tell you. And the, and the music is not the uh, arcade music too, which is yeah. very disappointing. Yeah, 
but I will say, man, playing the Sega version and it starts up and you see you hear the like the the rolling thunder like and then the the low it comes in it's like and then like you see it cuts into like different like you know you know gameplay footage and it's like it's going to the beat and everything like that it's like oh man this is hype. The Sega and, and SNES versions open up with a little bit of a different mood. Like the Sega version, you get the stormy sky, but there's still music playing. And it's kind of like instantly jumping in and getting groovy and dun, dun, dun. The yeah. Super Nintendo version is no music. You just hear the, the thunder. Yeah, and boom, you know boom. what? I can, I, can, I can attest to this because yeah. I play, I play, play the, the SNES I play Mini, the SN- right? Yeah, I have the SNES Mini. And actually, the, the version so of yeah, well, the the version the version of, of Mortal Kombat two on the SNES Mini, thankfully, thankfully, thank God, is way better than is their it? MK one version. Like, well, at least compared to MK one. Maybe it's know, an SNES Mini thing because, like I said, my my memories of playing MK two when I you know it, it's still clunky, and replaying it now, I think it's just about as clunky as the Super Nintendo version of MK one, at least as I played it. I mean, to be honest, Josh, I don't think I really was able to tell too much just because, as you know, the SNES version, the AI is, like, ridiculously hard. Yes. So, so I didn't really have time to really, like, look at how clunky it actually was because I was too busy getting thrown all day, all dang day. Oh, my God. We'll that's, talk about that when we yeah, get... That's man. been my experience. I played multiple versions, and every version... Uh, if you remember in our MK1 episode, I said the, the Genesis version, it seemed like the AI was a little bit more forgiving. Uh, not the case here. Uh, the AI behaved slightly differently. I played first. First, I set up the the GOG version, but I was disappointed to learn it has MIDI music or MIDI or however you say it, and like yeah. not like arcade music like the MK1 GOG version had. I'm like, well, that's lame. And I, I did look up to how to uh, cheat in a CD because there were two versions of the DOS game released when it came out: uh, MIDI music version and a CD audio version. I looked up how to cheat in the CD audio version into it by like altering the code and inserting, you know, a folder in there or whatever. Right. It's still not the arcade music. It's still kind of shitty. And I'm like, well, fuck. So it like wow. made me like, yeah. Uh, so I got that set up, but I went home uh, to my place for a little bit where I have, you know, my MK2 cart. And that's what I first tried. Uh, legit on our original hardware, Super Nintendo. And yeah, it's clunky. And the AI is cheap. And then I came back and tried to beat it in earnest on the GOG version. And the AI is even cheaper. And uh, <laughs> and I dabbled in the Genesis version just to see. Uh, one, because I was hoping that the AI would be more forgiving. It wasn't. And two, because Dude. I had read that uh, there's actually some uh, character winning poses that are different in the Genesis version. So I'm like, oh, I want to play that and see what they are. And the only one I saw so far was... Baraka, instead of doing his where he bows down and then crosses his blades in front of his chest, in the mm-hmm. Genesis version, the animation ends of him looking down, so he's like bowing. It's very strange. I don't oh know yeah, why they did it. yeah, it's really yeah, bad. actually, yeah. Like I always thought that was weird, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's just bowing, be like, okay, I bow to you because to honor you, yeah. or something like that. I, I don't. A guy like him has honor, I guess. But uh, yeah. the Genesis hey, version, yeah. I mean, now he's a good guy. We say that like the past three episodes in a row. It's like we're really He's wanting misunderstood. to beat the Baraka <laughs> Defense Squad here. Um, <laughs> he was my main back in the day. Uh, he was my second main besides Scorpion. And who I tried to use the most playing this because in order to beat the computer here, you have to be cheap. And the, the cheapest uh, technique is to either be Baraka or Katana and lure them into a corner. And then mm. do your Blade Fury or Fan Lift and then just punish them. 
uh, and it's honestly not fun to do that. Versus MK1, where like the computer was cheap, but it became kind of like a a, a game of like who can land the next uppercut or whatever. This one is like no, you have to be so cheap, it's not fun. That's why I kind of like I, didn't have as yeah. fun playing this. But the Genesis I, version, I, oh go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say the Genesis version, much like MK1, plays a lot swifter than the SNES version. So it's a lot more like you know you know breezy to play versus the SNES one, which is clunky. Uh, but yeah. of of the three I played, I couldn't fucking beat it, man. I feel so humiliated. <laughs> did any of us? Because I know you did. Josh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even try to beat this game because I already knew. Like I played enough MK2, both SNES, Genesis, and arcade version to know. Like, man, I ain't gonna do this. Like, I dude, mean, the 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 struggle was real the first time I actually beat the game, and even then, I had to like that is the first game that I beat with Johnny Cage, right? And dude, I put in the work because Johnny Cage is not the best character in that game by a long shot. He's got he like. Whatever version was good in MK1, they, like, dumped him down um, in MK2 mm-hmm. for, like, a few reasons. Um, there's a lot of things that have just been, that were nerfed on him. And, dude, the struggle, my God. Like, I think I remember beating, like, Shao Kahn for the first time. Uh, that was nothing but – that was nothing but kicks – uppercuts light punches and anytime that shao khan decides just to taunt you in the middle um because that's just what he does i was like i was singing praises i'm like free hit free hit free hit (laughs) and i was just (laughs) loving life but dude i did not i did not play around the first time i beat mortal kombat 2 with johnny cage i remember like i had to like take i had to catch my breath i had to order a coke because I was under 21. Um, and I like just said, okay, I'm good. It's fine. And it was not a clean victory. It was not a badass victory. There was no fatalities. I'm just like, I don't care. I beat him. I beat the dude. I beat him. I got to watch him blow up. Everything's great. And then after that, I walked away and realized I can at least say I beat it with Johnny Cage. Thank God. I mean, was Johnny Cage much, that much worse? Because like, he did get an interesting alteration to his little force ball, fireball, whatever you call it. Yeah, but dude, he, he, like, okay, so you know how the AI tends to work. I cannot count, like, and I know Shao Kahn does this. If you fight Shao Kahn with Johnny Cage, do not throw a fireball. Do no. not do it. Be, the only way you can get away with doing any of your character's special moves is to combo into it. Exactly. Um, so I can't do the ball breaker against Shao Kahn um, because he will throw me out of it because Kentaro threw me out of it. Um, if I do a shadow kick and I land it, I basically got a juggle out of it. So that's the one twosie where like, where you, you jump into them, you hit them. And then before they land, you shadow kick them. That's the only way you're going to land that shadow kick. You can't just throw it out. Like, that's just not how, it's not how that works. And, that's and a if you, tactic. Well, yes, it is. And it's a legit tactic and I do not care because at that time the, the goal was to win doesn't matter how you just win (laughs) it's like real martial arts uh which i I find it funny reading back uh uh, once again finding an interview with dan piscina johnny cage uh who's uh, highlighting the differences between uh competitive or or, uh, athletic martial arts versus you know real martial arts like for survival and he's like basically you know what you see in competitions is just people you know competing it's athletic they're doing stuff for show Versus martial arts at its, you know, you know, inception was meant to get you out of a situation alive, which meant it was fucking brutal. So there's no yeah. shame in stomping a guy's toes and ripping off his scrotum if it meant you can, you know, live another day. <laughs> and pretty much fighting the computer is also just like that. There's no shame in jump kicking over and over and spamming sweep over and over until you win. <laughs> that's yeah, a thing. pretty much. That's, that's... That's why I say that, you know, 
uh, single player Mortal Kombat 2 doesn't feel like like Mortal Kombat 2 to me because it just it boils down to the fact that you can't do any moves. Like if I'm playing well, you as can, Kung Lao, but like I said, you got to combo into him. There's a trick to it. I guess I maybe mean, we're just not it's like good. Scorpion. I can't throw a spear, but I got to the trick of him is you got to wait till they're jumping at you and then you catch him in a punch flurry and you can punch flurry into a spear and so forth. You know. I guess, but like man, I couldn't. I could not get the timing right. So then doing the freaking uh, hat throw with Kung Lao was almost always pointless unless unless it's like you know like baraka doing the what's it called the blade i mean i don't know if there's an official name the blade there's an official yeah. name for it. i just can't remember what it is. but you know the 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 slice scissor and dice. thing slice yeah if he does that because he only he only pretty much only does that when you jump in the air so as long as you're not jumping into it and you jump and you miss it then you can do the throw or like if Kitana's doing the fan uh, levitation thing, then you can throw it. Like it's basically if someone's throwing something, you could throw something. Right. But yeah, otherwise, you have to something combo punishable. Into it. And then, I, and then the, the freaking teleport is almost useless too. Like once in a while, you'll get a hit. I, I seem to be have really good luck with scorpions. Uh, interestingly enough, probably because I use it sparingly. Like the, the trick with a fight in the computer is you have to be unpredictable, which apparently is something I'm good at. <laughs> uh, yeah, but fighting, it, it, I guess. I, where it feels like they're just like like doing the opposite of your input every time like yeah, as soon as as soon as you do a jump they'll do an uppercut or oh, as don't soon jump. as you i mean that's the thing don't jump because if you jump jump is how i get most of my hits though me too but once you're once you're in the upper levels of the ladder if you're playing jacks he's always going to back break you yeah if you're playing anyone else they're always gonna Luke king is gonna do the air Air fireball, air fireball, which yeah. I forgot he could do in two. Yeah, it's like Baraka's going to do like his blade fury move, and you're just going to fall yep. right yep. into just, it. Just don't much. jump. Just don't jump. You have to be unpredictable. If yep. it, you can jump and get away <sighs> with it until the computer figures out that that's your shtick, and then you have to do <sighs> yeah. your shtick. However, Josh, yeah. there's all like there's always the possibility because like we were talking about with throws, I cannot count how many times I've gone for a sweep, a sweep, oh, and yeah. I've gone for a far leg sweep, and somehow, some way, they grab my pinky toe and I get thrown, <laughs> and I'm it's like, worse how, how does that MK1. work? <laughs> and I already said in MK1, just don't get close to them because it's true. If you get yeah, close to them, you're blocking or uppercutting, they're gonna throw you. And well, you won't have to now. get close to them; they'll get close to you. Like they're they're walking towards you the whole time. <laughs> The more I played the game, the more I, I started to get the timing of what to do. Like, for example, like the timing of like how far away they should be for your uh, uppercut to to hit without them automatically like throwing you. Or, Which is different from character to character, I might It's add. different. I, uh, I should say it specifically with Kung Lao because, I mean, let's be honest. I mostly play with Kung Lao to like do it before this, <laughs> this recording. Just because I tried to play with other players, and I'm just like, man, this is not going anywhere. I'm going to go back to what I know. Yes. Yeah, um, so then I learned the timing. I relearned the timing of his uppercut, as well as like doing like a sweep and then waiting a beat and then doing the roundhouse kick. Yeah, so like yeah. Throw, him ac- throw them across the room. Because if you do it, if you do the spin kick and then Im- uh, the sweep and then immediately try to do a spin kick, he'll like either block, they'll either block or throw you immediately. Whereas if you wait a beat for them to get up and then hit it, something I, I'd say like seventy percent of the time it'll hit. That's interesting. That. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It may be just his speed specifically. I don't know because some people like for example, like Katana's like spin kick is so slow compared mm. to everybody else's. I don't know. I, I dabbled in her a little bit. I pretty much did Scorpion, then Baraka, and I did a little bit of Katana, but 
had such a hard time fucking no fighting people. But I, you know what? Uh, I I remember playing a little bit of Melina as a kid because I liked her teleport kick, but I didn't really become a Melina fan until she kind of became a meme in nine, <laughs> to where I embraced her. <laughs> what I, was ironic. The meme? That she's fucking, you know, super hyper-sexualized, but also monstrous. And uh, okay. it's, uh, that, that juxtaposition is, is, a, is amusing, and I embraced it ironically, and then at some point it became unironically. <laughs> oh <laughs> but, like, but, like, for this, for, for, you know, doing, like, sort of research for this episode, you didn't try to play as Melina? Uh, no. Uh, well, I did briefly when I accidentally picked Shang Tsung in the... Full confession, when I couldn't beat the Genesis, SNES, or GOG versions. Dude, I fucking tried the Game Boy version. <laughs> really? really? <laughs> I fucking, I figured that'd be easiest. Uh, I'd try the Game Boy version, and it's got a shorter ladder. Uh, I, I still <laughs> I still ran out of continues, but uh, oh I had I had a weird gosh. thing where my controller was fucking up, and it would, it would accidentally select Shang Tsung instead of someone, and I guess I did the correct input to transform into what I thought was Katana, and I try and do her fan lift, and it didn't work. And I realized, oh, since this is a black and white, it's a Game Boy. I'm Melina, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, so it's like I play a Melina. So that's the only time I played a Melina uh, for this. Uh, Josh, Josh, uh, full confession. In like in my playthrough of MK2, I I played with three characters. Of course, I played with Johnny Cage because that's my main. And then I played, um, and then I played a little bit with Sub Zero because that was my other main as well, like mm-hmm. in MK2. And yep. however, the third person I played with to try something out specifically was Melina. So oh. I played Melina and you didn't. That's no reptile. what that, Yeah. And well, Reptile's your boy. Figure yeah, you Reptile him. is my boy, but Reptile is not my boy in MK2 because Reptile sucks. Like in MK2, really? he just sucks. Yeah, no, he sucks. So you so? seem to say better in three than two. Uh, yeah, he's way better in three. How's he two, better in three? Isn't his moveset almost identical? He got the force uh, ball, he, got the spit he, and invisibility. And the yeah, slide he, for some reason. Yeah, but yeah, but he's got like he's got like better priority in MK2. So you know, you seen was saying earlier about how Katana's fan is very very slow. Do reptiles no, force ball? No, it's spin kick. Her spin kick. Oh, her spin kick. Well, I mean, I mean, the force ball is like, supposed to be slow. That's the whole thing. It's supposed to trip you up. Yeah, as far but as the re- for it. yeah, but you, what you need to do is that when you when most people do that move, they're looking at like the force ball itself. They're not looking at reptile. Reptile is holding that pose for way too long, which means his recovery time from that force ball mm. is wide open. Which means he is like he is wide open for hits. I mean, we're talking like 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 if it was Melina, Melina's going to teleport kick him so dang quick. It's not even funny. So what so, you think of Melina playing her? Um. I can see why she's considered top tier in MK2. She is, is a she? top tier character. Yes, she's she top is. tier. I haven't um, looked up tiers. Okay, interesting. So I was looking up tier lists about it, and I'll go into that later. But yeah, Melina is a top tier character in MK2. But I'll get into that later when we get to it. But yeah, no, uh, she is, and huh. she was fun to play. But at the same time, because I kind of know that you like to play her, and as I'm playing her, I'm like, this is gross. Like everything is just gross because like <laughs> because I know I, I can see like why she is the way she is and why people like her and the only thing I said like I don't have to work hard for this character like this feels like this feels handholdy so Ooh, that's, that's an interesting why, interpretation of her but, stuff but you know I had to do something because I wanted to confirm a glitch in the game that I was reading about um, with Melina and Katana specifically that you can do. And I found out it was true, which instantly makes both Melina and Katana like top tier characters. But Melina's better, just FYI. What's the glitch? So the glitch is is that in MK 
too. Uh, this works on the NES version, and I know it's in the arcade version. I don't know if they fixed it in other versions, though, but I can confirm it's in the SNES version, is that if you if someone fires a projectile, let's just say you're Liu Kang, right, and you fire mm -hmm. his fireball, um, if you duck with any character, then you're still, like, it still hits you when you block it and you take, you know, chip damage, right? But with Melina and Katana specifically, if you time it right where you um, duck and then throw like a low kick out, specifically with those two, because they're basically a palette, a palette swap of the same you know character, the fireball goes over them. You don't take any chip damage. Wait, you're telling you, me you can't wait. duck under a projectile? No, I can, you can you can duck you can duck with other characters. Yeah, I've ducked under Katana's fan and Luke King's fireball. Yeah, I've ducked with uh, Kung Lao a lot. I wonder if this is something unique to the version you were playing. Probably, but I know that like if I like if I'm Johnny Cage and let's just say Baraka fires like his blade projectile, if I duck, it still hits me. I mean, I block it, Weird. but it's but it's chip. No, I think, I think that you, should I think, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't. Yeah, be. I think I think you're doing. You have bad timing. <laughs> uh, Either it has I mean, bad maybe. timing or the SNES mini version is is broken. I don't know, man. But I just know that like you know if I if I'm Katana well, or Melina. And if I do a specifically a crouching low kick, um, I, it goes under projectiles, which I know for other characters was not the case. So that automatically gives them an advantage because they can dodge projectiles. Um, while like, like basically That's without weird. jumping. That's weird because, yeah, both the Sega and the arcade version, like, I feel like I can dodge. Like, Is it, is it specific projectiles? Because some projectiles are lower than others. That's true. Like, like Katana, uh, Katana's fan... Is like horizontally, like you know, not horizontal, uh, vertically, yeah, vertically it, yeah. longer. Whereas, like for example, the uh, the fireball from Liu Kang, or like even uh, the hat throw from Kung Lao, they're smaller because like it just it just goes straight through, straight yeah. forward. I don't know. So yeah, maybe it's that... like maybe it's like if if you're playing against Katana and you do the low kick, maybe that. Well, it's possible that. It's possible that they did fix it in home console versions of the game to where you could do that. So I just rechecked my notes as, I, like, as you guys were talking. And this glitch is, or glitch if you want to call it that, is in the arcade edition. So if you were playing the arcade edition of the game, then if Liu Kang fires a fireball and you try to I duck mean, under it, it will still hit you. I need um, to go back and play, like, like I, I played the GOG version the most, and that's where I was ducking under Liu Kang's fireball and stuff like that. It was probably Baraka. So. I feel like I ducked in both versions, like the Sega version and the Yeah, I don't remember what I did Steam. in the Super Nintendo or Sega version. I kind of want to go back to them and try it again now. That yeah, that's the ridiculous. interesting thing about these podcasts, that we, we find out things, we're like, well, we got to go back and try this now. Right, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, I don't uh, feel like going fucking back and playing MK2 now. I'm done. I want to move on to 3. <laughs> or uh, go dude, back and I'm, play 1 I'm, some more. I mean, this... This is I'll my, play too like, if we play it together. Maybe we'll get together and we'll play it. I mean, it is, it is kind of my comfort game. So, like, if if I'm like just want to play something that you know just feels good, then I just go back to two. Mm. That is what I do. Like um, two is comfy and just like how like there's so much to find and uncover in it. You know. Yeah. Two, I will say, is the comfort game where you play with another person. Two is not exactly. the comfort game no, where no, you no, play no. the AI. No, like um, I will say, no, no, like no, no, no. one feels like so much more simpler to me in a pleasing way that, like, and I haven't discovered all the secrets in one on our recent playthrough because I couldn't get to Reptile. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to, I had to go back and play one and try and find a beat Reptile. Uh, beating Jade and Smoke and 
too. Uh, God, dude, I guess listen. I'm just gonna have to set it to very easy. <laughs> I don't know, man. dude. Like I, I, I was, uh, like I was saying, because I was, I was talking to, I was talking to you guys while I was playing too the other day. Was right, right. And then I was like, man, the Sega version, man, it's a lot easier than the arcade version. Because I was playing the arcade version throughout the week, and I was like, man, this is, I'm just hitting my head against the wall because I can't get like halfway through the freaking ladder. And I don't know, maybe it's the Steam version. Maybe I need to like. Cause like when you when you jump into the game and you select it out of the three games and you pick Mortal Kombat two, uh, it goes through the whole you know credit thing and then the intro. If you press the button, it goes straight to the character select screen. Yeah, there's no like starter options. And like yeah, on the same Sega the version, yeah, on the Sega version, there is the start and options. And if you go to options, you can you know select the controller that you got to use. I did notice you, the Sega version when I went to that, like it was default at yeah, very easy. Yes, uh, that's what I was gonna say. Like I was playing, and I was like, "Man, this is a breeze!" Like this is a, I mean, maybe I'm just you know way more comfortable playing this game on like a Sega controller and everything like that. And then I got to Kintaro, and I, I mean, I was like, "Man, I cannot beat Kintaro!" And I lost all my credits, and it got game over. I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." And I was like, "Oh, maybe if I you know bump it down in the level so that I can beat Kintaro." I go to the option. I was like, "Oh, you're on very easy." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shoot." So then I bumped it back up to normal to try it, and I'm like, man, this is, oh yeah. boy. It's like setting it to very easy doesn't make much of a difference as far as how bullshit the AI is. Yeah. It kind of does, it, though. It, it does a little bit, but it, 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 once you get to a certain level, it's still But it's higher up. up. It's like when it gets to like the last like two or three levels, then it's Appropriately, like, yeah. gets cheap. Some, Whereas like if you're, playing, if you're playing on normal, then it like the second or third one, you're just like, it, they just are predicting your every move. Yeah, I started. Like I started. Ridiculous. I started laughing when I was playing it on very, very easy. And just like FYI, I only got halfway up the tower too, as well. Wait, so you like, set it to very easy. easy. I'm the only um, one that was yeah. like had humility, yeah. and I'm like, I don't want to. I, I can't bear myself. Well, well, I mean, well, Josh, <laughs> admittedly, it's not like, like I probably could have changed my tactics, but admittedly, I was trying. I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to beat characters as much. as I was trying to try different things. Yeah. Um, unless I was trying to do a fatality, but once, but once I reached the point, which is about halfway through the tower, where I do a sweep from far away and. They grab my t- and they grab my toe and I get thrown. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm done <laughs> because it's just I like mean, no matter to, what I do, yeah. I'm gonna get thrown. <laughs> to be fair, you can also sweep them from far enough away that it looks like your foot is like half a foot away from them. Yes, yeah, but connect the sweep and they and guess what? They'll still connect the throws. So they're they True. basically grab they basically don't grab my toe. They grab the shadow of my toe and I get thrown. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um, and somehow that translates. Well, we all know why it was super cheap is because it was originally an arcade game and it was designed to steal your quarters, which God did exactly. it do. And I think it was responsible for it having such a resounding success. But they could have, they could have, they could have changed it a bit for the home ports, guys. But I guess you know, <laughs> no. I mean, this game is supposed to be played two player. I feel like so. Yeah. Like that's where the fun of it is for. But I still want to beat beat Kintaro yeah. and Shao Kahn. It, it would not surprise. It would not surprise me if, like, the amount of money that my mom gave me that I wasted in Mortal Kombat Two Arcade Edition, <laughs> I, pr- I probably could have paid rent. Like, instead. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but no, I played Mortal Kombat Two. Should, should we uh, get into a bit of the brief history of? 
Yeah, yeah I almost thought we kind of skipped s- past s- it at like, this like, point. Like, <laughs> but, uh, however, like, I guess to be fair, there really isn't too terribly much history between it's MK1 not and not a lot. I was going to lead yeah. into, like, as far as, like, how uh, it sold, uh, which I'm trying to... Uh, it had 25,000 units uh, shipped in the arcade uh, versus the original's 200. Oh, uh, really? And eventually totaled to 27,000. Uh, and as of 2002, uh, it grossed $600 million. Uh, hmm. So, and then the home ports uh, shipped uh, more than 2.5 million copies and made about 50 million just in the first week. Uh, <laughs> and, on to- and, on to- and on top of that, when it was released on home console, you know, the infamous Mortal Monday or Mortal Friday or whatever day of the week it is in September. I think September they changed it to Mortal Tuesday or something. Or, something yeah, Mortal much Tuesday. less uh, rolling but, off the tongue. But when it was released, it was considered the greatest video game, um, say, uh, like successful sales of all time, yeah. until Donkey Kong Country later that year. God <laughs> who, bless who the Miyamoto's Bane. Um, yep. Yeah. No. That. No. That's true. Donkey Kong, like it, Mortal Kombat Two, was the greatest selling video game of all time for a very. very I think the scene was more amazed that Donkey Kong Country was the one yep. that blew it out of the water. Yep. Donkey yeah. Kong Country was the one that beat it. I mean, Before Donkey Kong Country was some fucking serious shit when it came out, dude. Because mm-hmm. fuck the three. Yep. <laughs> yep. And on top of that, I'm telling you, man, like you can throw you can throw fans and fireballs and blades and and spears, but then it got nothing on barrels and bananas and platforming. Uh, small little saying. trivia: Miyamoto hated Donkey Kong Country. Oh, he did. Why is that? <laughs> uh, I don't think he liked the art style. Mm, Either that or com- a combination. I liked it okay. I mean, obviously, it's I... not as timeless as 2D sprites. Like the, there's some aging going on there. Uh, but like, I think he just didn't like the concept of it either, like a side scroller of Donkey Kong. And he thought this is not cool. It's not, it's not going to last. And then it got two sequels <laughs> and everyone loved it. So <laughs> he's like, whatever. But Mortal Kombat, uh, also before I like launch into like a quick introduction of the history, uh, besides, you know, grossing and selling all it did, it made some headlines because it fucking outgrossed movies at the time. Wow. Really? Yeah. Like it. Basically, all the top grossing movies at the time still did not make as much as Mortal Kombat 2 did. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was a phenomena. I mean, this this pretty much unleashed Mortal Kombat standing as a phenomena. Phenomena. It pretty much, you know, it, it kicked Street Fighter's ass, it kicked movies' asses, it kicked everyone's asses. It just kicked ass. Yeah, this Mortal fucking Kombat. I remember that. Like, there was a time period, man, like in 1993, where the rage was Mortal Kombat. No one was talking about Street Fighter, like, in the malls at the time. Like, I remember a time where the Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine was lit, and the Street Fighter 2 had some cobwebs on it, because no one was playing that. And I'm just like, wow, this is actually kind of crazy, because everybody was on MK2. Mortal Kombat blew up because Mortal Kombat 1 is just such a success, and I guess to launch into the history of it, uh... Ed Boon and John Tobias weren't even thinking about sequels, uh, you know, when it started. Uh, supposedly, they were actually thinking of trying to do a licensed Star Wars game. Uh, really? I, yeah, I found a couple articles that referenced that, and I couldn't find much more detail about it. And the more I dug into it, it was actually revealed, it looks like, when John Tobias actually guested on um, Mortal uh, PodQuest. Like, fucking shit. Mortal Comcast. 
Um, I li- he was a guest of theirs uh, a while back. I had actually listened to that episode, but I forgot that tidbit from it, uh, where John Tobias revealed that they were interested in doing a Star Wars game. And I guess some of the articles and videos that I read and watched picked up on that little tidbit. Uh, but there's not much detail on what the game would have been. I don't think any details came to light because pretty much right away, Midway's like, hey, we're going to do fucking MK2. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then John, <laughs> John Tobias got to work, you know, drawing up his character ideas. Uh, and it just went from there. Um, By the way, I, it's Mortal Podcast. Mortal. Isn't that what I said the second time or did I still fuck it up? You said Mortal Comcast. <laughs> Gee, yeah, uh, yeah I always job. say that, don't I? <laughs> I don't know why. Comcast, Com- that's such a that's that would be an awkward name if that were uh, a title. Uh, yeah, I th- we almost called ours that, I believe. <laughs> yeah, we almost called it because yeah, there was Mortal Podcast, MK Podcast, so we we're gonna go Mortal Comcast. It's like <laughs> <laughs> might get a cease and desist from Comcast Internet. So <laughs> yeah, or their customer service will just suck. Yeah, well, yeah, it'll take too long for them to file anything so we wouldn't get sued anyway yeah right. yeah, pretty much <laughs> but uh so john tobias you know went to work uh of course you know we kind of touched on characters a previous uh two episodes no a previous episode but uh you know he had some cool ideas that all like i mentioned kentaro was going to be like this tiger like you know god character that they decided to make a shokan yeah. uh katana melina he wanted like an answer to scorpion and sub-zero with a female you know side so they did that uh, interesting. They they were gonna have a uh, character uh, based off a well known female kickboxer, um, that they ended up having to scrap. Uh, and Jax originally was gonna be wearing like this yellow karate gi. I think his background would still be military, but his uniform was like karate gi, and it just all had a. It felt kind of like Street Fighter looking at those like early concepts until that's like, weird. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, like, the yeah. thing is like I I really dig a lot of the. the designs but it may also be that i just really like john tobias's art style right like the way he draws characters is really cool for me so i i was like i dig like for example the the kickboxer character kathy long like oh that looks pretty cool that'd be cool to have like it seemed like there was a lot of chances where where like either john tobias or anybody else they like they want to have a kickboxer in the game yeah because they apparently but they really it, liked uh kathy long said it was her name they really like were a fan of her so they kind of wanted to do a tribute. yeah and uh, yeah, Jax was supposed to be called Striker originally in yep. MK One, and then they changed to Jax. And it was interesting because, like, I don't know, maybe it's a weird connection that I'm putting in my head, but also because so much of their like influence for these characters are from like movies like Into the Dragon and uh, Big Trouble in Little China. When I saw the yellow, because I never, I didn't know about it until you know doing research for this, I didn't know that he had like a costume, a different costume. And I looked at the picture, I'm like, that kind of looks like the costume that like the characters wore in uh, Into the Dragon. I was thinking like the exact Jim same Kelly. thing. It looks exactly like Jim, like Kelly's, Jim like, Kelly's uniform. It's probably but it just has the black it. outlines on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently like they're like, well, this is cool, but you know, this is covering up your like physique so they say right. eh, let's go shirtless <laughs> I, I i read that i also read a story i don't know if it could be verified that not only that but like he actually tore the pants on the the karate gi uniform when he was doing like the <laughs> filming <laughs> so That's what, like, I've, okay. I've seen that in a couple of videos people mentioned that i'm not sure i mean it could be true there, 
there's actually some cool like um, aspects of like kind of going back to Katara a little bit because I remember seeing the art like the concept artwork about what Katara was originally supposed to be. So like you said, Josh, he was supposed to be this sort of godlike being and it really is it really is street fighter 2 because the concept art i saw for him is like hey he's this like tiger dude with a white gi um with blue stripes or whatever on him and originally they didn't have the costume to sort of put someone in as far as budget goes to really make that happen so as a result we just get furry goro (laughs) like that's what we get um and that's just kind of how it goes. But actually, funny enough, it was Baraka who actually got the most revisions. Because what I find fun is that originally he was conceived as this sort of outworld ninja that had the hook blades. Which, funny enough, the hook blades were used by Cabal in MK3. So yep. they still kind of used that idea. But originally it was Baraka that was supposed to do it. And they... I think he was going to have a mask too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what was funny that, I, that at least I thought was actually kind of cool was that they originally made like a mask for him. Um, so he could stand out but when they put the mask on the live action actor and tried to actually film him doing moves um, the mask was disproportionately larger than his head so it looked like really (laughs) funny and really goofy so what they had to do is that they actually had to go to a local costume store and uh, basically they bought a Nosferatu mask uh, which was purchased from a nearby costume store like I said and equipped it with teeth that were made from Lee press-on nails mm-hmm. <laughs> and they used that and that apparently when you translate that into digital looked actually like really good um, it probably looked in my opinion really dumb when you actually shot it on film but I, I've seen the behind the scenes photos and it does look really dumb and the head yeah. is still oversized uh, and that was uh, by the way Rich DeVizio playing Baraka who was Kano who had said playing Kano that he kind of wished he kind of resented the eye plate because he wanted to be able to emote more so it's like okay here fucking put on a Halloween mask <laughs> <Get a mess. laughs> Yeah, but it's actually, but I, but but I do actually feel like it's kind of cool that when you look at like Baraka himself and how crazy um, his design was, because of course he's got like they changed his whole hook swords to blades, which was one hundred percent inspired by Wolverine. We're not lying. Oh, no was that? Lying I never thought that. of that. Oh That's... yeah, one hundred percent Wolverine. I mean, I always thought you know what's really kind of funny. Anytime that Baraka does his like blade projectile. He clings his blades together and somehow a blade gets loose. I'm like, did he cut off his own blade on his no, arm? No, that's a like spark, that... dude. Oh, that's a spark? I he's, was he's like, as it... clinging his blades together and creating an electric spark. That's what that is. He... Yeah, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like he's shit. He looks like he's slicing off part of his blade and throwing it at someone, but then it always <laughs> is there. No. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's I like Wolverine. Energy blast. Yeah, like no, I always thought spark. it was just one of his blades. Put so metal I thought together, that, oh, it creates sparks. But I always thought, like, oh, it's Wolverine. He's got a healing factor, so maybe his blades heal back? I don't know. <laughs> so, well, now they give him stupid shit where, like, spikes come out of all the skin in MK11. So he pretty much yeah. is Wolverine. He originally had a different move, though, that they never put in. He was at, he actually had, like, a if you're a dude that has blades on your hand like that, one, like, cliche move that you would have spin is, like, blade. a spin... Uh, yeah, spin blade. And there's actually a pose where Baraka is standing, like, basically with his arms all stretched out and his blades out, and he was going to spin around, and that was going to be a move, but they dropped it because they yep, didn't they have dropped the it because they, for it. Well, no, they did do an animation for it. The reason they dropped it, it was because it was too powerful. It was too, like, you know, overpowering. Nobody could counter it. Uh, and the animation, I know, was made because they used they put it back in for Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Oh, they did. I thought yeah. I thought it was taken out because of uh, like memory. No, I read that it was just it was just too cheap of a move. 
It's too I actually, uh, I read the same thing you seen read that it was taken out primarily due to memory. Oh, like they okay. didn't have the memory. Well, you to know, actually we only have so in. much time to research these. Maybe there, there's more truth to, to what you guys are saying. But I mean, point is, they did film it and it did come back. And of course, now it's a signature move in Eleven. But yeah, uh, I always wondered as a kid playing trilogy. I'm like, they couldn't have gone back and got the same costume and filmed that animation because it looks like the exact same costume. And the reason was it was yeah unused, and they just put it back in trilogy. Hmm. Things so. you learn, things you learn every day about this game. I swear to yeah. God, man. I mean, it, so. you, you could go forever uh, and, and always have something new to learn. Oh, for real! Uh, I find it there's so much curious. Yeah, there's so much in this game uh, to go into the secrets. Um, and my MK2 official guide. There's an interview of Ed Boon and John Tobias at the end, and they ask about the secrets. And like they, they did, oh. did, we cover everything, and they pretty much did because they they show you Noob Saibot and, and and Jade and Smoke, and I think they show how you can access Pong, which by the way I think is what if you play two hundred and fifty, it's two hundred fifty rounds. If you if you a two player two, right, yeah, and two player. If you play if you play two hundred and fifty rounds and you win that, I don't think you have to win them in a row. You just have to win two hundred fifty rounds. You just start playing Pong. Yeah, like, you and the other player play Pong, and like whoever gets like the best fifteen like matches you know and then it goes back to combat uh but they which, asked him oh go ahead oh which funny enough josh i never knew that i never knew that about mk2 because I, who's gonna play 250 rounds of mk2 like in that quick of a thing and all of a sudden you just well i mean it ball. could still like, happen it wasn't me the, hey when you're when you're when you're 12 years old and you ain't got nothing to do on yeah the weekend. it's like it's it was <laughs> in the arcade versions and i guess it's kind of like wow you you need to leave the arcade if you're standing there that long but it was also in the home version so if you're a 12 year old playing with your friend and you're playing all afternoon you know it could happen yeah you could easily do that oh by the way josh was right it was it was removed because of uh it was okay there we go that's been and this is this is from like uh mksecrets.net which is i guess a source that we use a lot because it just so yeah, it does have it. a lot of information. I mean, that's where I found about all this all this extra stuff that I was talking about with Melina and Katana about dodging fireballs. I mean, so yeah. shout out to MKSecrets.net. We use them as a source for this podcast today. A lot of sources I use. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> so apparently they, they asked uh, in that guide, uh, Ed Boone, like, did we, did we catch everything? He's like, oh yeah, you did a pretty good job. It looks like everything's here. Uh, I will say, though... I think he, he says, like, would you be disappointed if I said no comment to say if, like, you missed anything? Uh, he's like, I, we kind of like to keep it close to our chest, but I will say there there are a few things you guys didn't cover. And I don't know if that's just Ed Boon being, you know, cloak and dagger and mysterious and just fucking with him, or if there really is some secret that's still in the game that no one knew about, which at this day and age of the internet and everyone, like, diving into the code, I don't think that's that's likely. I've heard I've heard stuff about that. I can't remember what game it is, but I remember him saying that to this day, there's still some stuff that people have not found yet. And it's probably not a secret character. It's probably just some like weird little quirky get glitch or something. Yeah, but, uh, like know. like basically like a very like an Easter egg of some type that no one has found that apparently is the reason why it's there. Yeah, or something. like the like the frugality. Do you guys know about? Yeah. That? The frugality. I, I I didn't I didn't know I about that. I, 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 I remember reading about it. Yeah, I only re- I remember reading about it. I remember for a brief period of time I heard about it, but I always thought that they were just like that they were stupid and like just weren't pronouncing fatality. Like like I thought that th- I just thought Josh they weren't pronouncing fatality correctly. Like <laughs> reality, like what are you stupid? Like you know that's what I thought. thought but apparently no, it's a real thing. My milkshake brings all to the boys to the yard. <laughs> 
What? Like that, like that <laughs> As before, black eyed peas were a thing, but still. Oh, God. I'll be honest, like, when I first heard it, like, I was looking around and I saw Frugality, and I was like, wait, like, that's way too early. For <laughs> <laughs> but, also, um, but also, I guess, speaking of that, like, man, like, freaking friendships were introduced in this game, and friendships are so much fun. I love yes, friendships, but. But you know, I you know what's sad though. I like it, I guess confession in my playthrough of Mortal Kombat Two for the purposes of this podcast, I was never able to pull off a friendship. I didn't bother because, trying because the requirement well, yeah, is you, you have to do low kicks or, or just yeah, kicks. you have to do low kicks the entire time. It's not like it's not enough to win a match. You have to win a match like with these conditions in order to do it. And I'm like, no, I got autographs for people, man. I want to <laughs> give them. I want to like throw them out to people and I want to see them. But no, I. No, I can't do it, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't even try with Sub-Zero or Melina, because if I can't do it with Johnny Cage, and then why would I, like, why am I going to do it, period? But man, friendships, like, I think that's the greatest thing ever. Like, it is the greatest combat thing history. ever. It, it really is a lot of fun. And I, like love, I, said, I love that. that like I thing. said previously, I think they, they were meant to kind of poke fun at, like, all the, the, the controversy about the violence. Uh, but God bless them for it, too, because it just adds more to, like... God, MK2 is so much more to offer. Past game, you just get you get one fatality, and there's one stage where you can knock someone in the pit. MK2, everyone gets two fatalities, uh, except your Scorpion. You get three, because you get the Far Toasty and the Near Toasty. And then you get a fatal, uh, friendship. And there's three stages where you can knock people into things, and there's the fatalities. It's just like, God damn, there's so much fun shit to do. It really, get, it it really, really gives is. you a lot of incentive to beat your opponent, so you can like do these specific things just so you can see it yeah which, and unlike mk11 and nether realm games you gotta fucking you already gotta know that shit ahead ain't no pausing to to look up the input and then unpause yeah. that's why like it like that was part of the fun because the idea that every character had these things that you heard about so it's like a treasure trove like who's gonna do like what type of fidelity you're gonna do have i not seen this before I remember my mouth dropped um, the first time I saw a Babality because I was like, what is this? I had never heard of this before. <laughs> I would heard of the fatalities, but when I saw a Babality for the first time, I was like, how? Like, why? Like, why is this a thing? Like, why did this, like, Baraka player turn raided into a baby? Like, like why? Like, like what's the point of this? And so I thought that was just hilarious, but at the same time kind of, like, ridiculous at all at the same time. But and they're then, so like, cute. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah so but they're so cute. If you can make Baraka cute. <laughs> I think the Babalities are kind of like, oh, they're all the same. Uh, I'm glad they brought him back in 9 where they gave everyone something unique to do. Like Baraka puts out his blades and his feet can't touch the ground, so he has a temper tantrum about it. <laughs> Just cute things like that. Yeah. And dude, like also speaking of fatalities like or stage ones, man, like um, I think probably my favorite one that I love, at least for from a brutality perspective is just that when it's that stage where you like where the spikes are above you and you can mm-hmm. and you uppercut them into the spikes and they just like hang there i always thought that was just neat i thought that was better than the pit because in the it's, pit in mk2 there's no spikes you just fall to your death and you land on a stone floor i like that too it. because that seemed more brutal to me because they switched to the the overhead perspective and you just see him plummeting towards concrete and just <laughs> and just spatter up blood you know what's like, interesting that's brutal and i don't know if it's like Something that I'm just I don't know I don't when I did the stage fatality that Jay's talking about with the ceiling spikes uh-huh. when I did it on the arcade version they would you uppercut them in there they would stay there for a bit blood would drip 
And then they would fall down. Yeah, I was going to mention that. The, uh, that's funny you did it, and I did it on its own, because that's actually a trick. If uh, you knock them into the spikes, arcade or home version, I believe, if you press down on both controllers, they will slide off the spikes. Otherwise, oh, I don't remember. I don't remember it hitting the down button though. Yeah, so maybe it was just something that was like randomly computed into the version you're playing. But like, mm, yeah. That, yeah, okay. But funny, it's supposed uh, to be a little trick you can do. Funny fun fact, like like another trick you can do. This is specifically with Melina, but it's kind of funny when you think about it. If you do the stage fatality um, with the spikes and you uppercut them up to it, if you are playing version two of Mortal Kombat two, because they fixed this in three. You can input commands after you do a finishing move in the version 2 portion of the game. That leads to all types of interesting scenarios, but with Melina specifically, if you hit them up into the spikes, right, and then immediately you do, like, her teleport drop kick, you can drop kick them and kick them out of the spikes that you <laughs> just hit them into. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. I never yeah, do that. Awesome. Yeah, apparently you can do that in version 2 of the game. Um, but Dude. only in version two. That's actually kind of fun. It's like I'm gonna hit you up into the spikes, and then I'm gonna drop kick you from the heavens and hit you out of the spikes, and you're just gonna land on the floor. So, dude, like uh, one fatality that I, I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure I've done it before back in the day, and I didn't know there was a second part to it or another part to it was Kung Lao's hat throw. I didn't know that you know he there's, he has the slice that he does up close but then if you do the far like screen distance away you could do the hat throw and all my life i'm like okay he does the hat throw it slices your chest blood comes out and then he falls and they fall and die i didn't know that if you press up and down to control it which i mean i do that when i'm playing normally against people like you can hit up to like kind of bend the you know sort of steer it up or steer it down yeah when you do the fatality, you have to basically aim the hat at the neck so the head could pop off. Huh. Or else it I won't didn't work. know that. Huh? Or else it won't work? No, if you don't if you miss, it'll sl- it'll slice across them, but it won't cut them. I mean it won't cut them uh, you know, split them apart. You'll just cut them it's like a regular move. Yeah, you won't get it. It goes across them, blood will come out, but they're still whole and then they just fall and die. But if you aim it at the neck, like if you steer it up precisely at the neck, then their head will chop off. That's and I, neat. But like, I think it's only on the... I, I, I think it's on both rem- versions, actually. I, I seem to remember this, uh, so it probably was on the home consoles, because yeah, I'm, I'm, it's coming back to me now. But playing it now, was not able to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I kept trying to... I've, I've, I've done the, I've been able to do the fatality like I don't know at least ten times since yesterday, and I still can't aim it to cut the head off, and it's annoying the crap out of me. Damn. Uh, it says, hold on. Uh, yeah, arcade. Oh, so it's not on the Sega version. Oh, interesting. On the arcade and I mean arcade PC, you know, three thirty-two X, like all the other versions, it looks like you have to control the hat cut the opponent's neck off but on the genesis it doesn't say that it just says to do it but when i did it on the genesis version it didn't really it didn't cut the head off so i'm very confused that's strange but I, I like the idea that you have to be very precise to cut the head off but then it makes every time you don't do it kind of lame because it's just like oh they just you just cut their chest and then they die 
I mean, the, does the fatality music still play and all that? Oh stuff no, no, or, the, the yeah. fatality still. It happens like it does. Then the lights dim, and then you throw the hat. So the it's still a fatality. Huh. But it's just if you don't do it right, the head doesn't come off. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's like man, that that is something that I learned. I know. I past. I don't know. Thirty years. Haven't <laughs> twenty some years. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like like I said, always something to learn. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people knew that. I feel like I'm just behind. Like I said, it's coming back to me. I think I do remember that. It might say it in the strategy guide I have, or I might have read it in a magazine or something. But of course, I didn't play Kung Lao a lot, so. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's stuff that you just you, you learn when you you know looking at strategy guides, like the fact that you know Sub Zero has like two parts to one of his fatalities. Right, right. I had to I had to learn playing it again. Uh, I had forgotten. But when I realized it, I remember from my childhood discovering this. The uh, the strategy guide I have actually has incorrect inputs for Scorpion's scissor leg grab move. Mm. Um, it's it's front down back low kick, but it just yeah. lists it as down back low kick. And I was like, why can't I do this? And then I looked it up online. I'm like, oh yeah. And then it all came rushing back from childhood that oh yeah that was wrong. And I had to like remember that the guide printed it wrong. I also remember mm. that that was like listed as one of the top, you know, stupidest useless moves added to characters, <laughs> uh, which is a shame because I like that move. Uh, I think they used they, that they, move a lot in ten, yeah, because I loved using it. Uh, they took it away in eleven. In uh, mm. two, I mean, it's just a glorified sweep. I mean, it's just a little quicker. It's useless though, fighting the fucking AI because when I try to use it, going up playing the ladder in the GOG version. They fucking mm-hmm. they block it standing up. I don't know how. Really that makes they do. no sense. Yeah, it makes yeah, no that sense. Makes no sense at all, Josh. So it's like I can't do it unless I combo into it, which I've seen somebody do uh, in their cheap things. Is they just end like a punch spear teleport string with like you know final coup de grace, just taking them down with a scissor kick. Otherwise, like yeah, don't even bother doing a special move, just out the gate because they know they know it's coming. Exactly. So we kind of went back out of history, back just into criticizing the moves again. But uh, <laughs> it's not really much to say. I mean, like I said, one required so much lead up just about who Ed Boon and John Tobias were and all that uh, and how they came about. I mean, it's 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 the, you know, it's the whole sequel thing. You know, they, you know, they one up themselves. They get better, you know, cameras. They get more staff members. They get more characters. Yeah. Like they, they, they like, did get better they cameras, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they, did just, get that, know, they did get that camera because, like, they had, like, a, what, like, a $20,000 Sony-something camera uh, just to sort of, like, you know, for digital photography for the game, which is why the character sprites look much, much better. Yeah, apparently there's, like, some discrepancy in the original game about what camera they used because Daniel Pacina keeps saying that uh, John Tobias borrowed his dad's camera or something to do it, and John <laughs> Tobias flat out, like, denies that. He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, we used the low rent camera, but we didn't fucking borrow my dad's camera or some shit like that. Uh, they did, however, I really wanna, get... I really want to see these petty arguments. Like, I, wanna see I, I don't call it petty arguments. arguments. I just think Dan Pacina has a tendency to... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Em- embezzle? What? Not elaborate. <laughs> uh, add a little flourishes of, of... Embellish, yes. Add a little flourishes of uh, not quite true things just for the betterment of storytelling. <laughs> Um, or maybe, maybe he is telling the truth and everyone else is just trying to cover up, you know, <laughs> who knows? Um, it's, it's Dan Pacino's world. We're just living in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I, mean, uh, I did then... try to look up if uh, the to correct my possibly incorrect statement uh, on the MK1 episode about him being higher ranked, the highest ranked. Uh, I still couldn't find uh, who was ranked what uh, between him and Ho Sung Pak in MK1. Uh, oh, you mean like uh, world, like world champion or something? Or? Yeah, or just like whatever their levels and their respective studies were. Because like I had said, he right. was the highest ranked martial artist, and you were like higher than Ho Sung Pak, and I'm like fuck. I couldn't find that out. Uh, but he still continued to be a mentor for actors going into two. So he, he's just a giant personality. What can I say? I mean, it, it is really impressive that, I mean, he played all the ninjas and Johnny Cage. Yeah. Supposedly he wasn't going to play the ninjas in this one. It was supposed to be uh, the actor who played Kung Lao, who right. was uh, Anthony Marquez, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he actually uh, twisted a broken ankle or got injured. Uh, and so they just, like, Dan Pacino just like, okay, I'll keep doing ninjas. And that's how that came about. Yeah, that's the, like, it is impressive because, like, every, like, most of the photos that I see, you know, of behind the scenes of making of the game, like, Dan Pacino is there. Oh, yeah. Like, he's either, he's either, like, you know, performing or he's helping someone perform. So he was very involved in the motion capture of it all. Yeah, like I watched behind the scenes of uh, uh, Philip Ahn, Shang Tsung, or I'm sorry, Philip Ahn, MD, because he is a doctor. Um, That's awesome. And, yeah, actually, uh, he has a book that came out recently called uh, Mortal Doctor. <laughs> it, <laughs> came out, it came what? out two years ago. Really? Yeah, it came out two years ago. Uh, it's looks, it appears to be self-published. It's got a really bad cover, but it's basically his autobiography. Just talking about moving from South Korea to America, culture shock, becoming a doctor, and also training in martial arts and fucking being in Mortal Kombat. It's really interesting. I want to read read that book. I I read the beginning of it. I just read the sample. I kind of want to read that book, too. It's like The Life and Times of Shang Tsung, the doctor. Yeah. Or Shang Tsung for once. Uh, He didn't come back for three. uh, Because him and some of the other actors uh, would soon become displeased with not getting enough money. Um, yeah, which that's yeah. a whole another thing. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I saw footage of him one. propped up on the wooden steps to do poses for his jump kicks, and Daniel Pacina's there, steadying his leg and just like guiding him and stuff like that. Yeah. So big personality, but yeah, that long and short of it, yeah, more money, big sequel. They got better cameras. They got more actors, which still seem to be pulled from their uh, pool of friends. Uh, and or people that worked at the gym where uh, Daniel Pacina trained and where Elizabeth Malecki was a trainer. Uh, same thing with uh, John Parrish, who plays Jax, uh, was a trainer at that gym. Uh, the actress who plays the female ninjas, Caitlin Zamir, Zamar, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she Zamir, yeah. was an instructor there too. And it just seems like, you know, they're either friends of John Tobias or people at the gym, just Chicago peeps. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, let's just get like the most attractive, like physically fit people to be uh, in this game. And it's, it's, it's weird. It has this like really nice indie feel to it. Where it's like, Hey, let's just get people that we know to wear these silly costumes and do these weird moves. And we're going to make a game that revolutionizes the genre. (laughs) Kind of thing. Yeah, 
I yeah, I wanted to be at the, I, I wanted to be at that sales pitch meeting where like they say, hey, hey Jay, we like you. We want you to be in our game. That's going to revolutionize the fighting game industry. We want you to wear like this like crappy costume we bought from the Dollar Tree store down the street. It's going to revolutionize everything. <laughs> and apparently it did. Like apparently that's slowly what did. happened. But um, but it's just the fact that like you know that like uh, being in that pitch meeting would have been a lot of fun. I feel. You know what I want for like MK12. I want them to go back to like this style of like digital uh oh, man. capture. Like just have like just fuck the it whole look, it would look terrible thing. because huh? Just just say fuck it to the whole point 2.5D thing and just do digitized actors with like our modern Yeah, technology. exactly. Like just I mean it it'll probably look crapper because if you have a really good camera then you just the costumes have to be really good. For well, they better work. get good costumes now, and I think they have the money to do good costumes now. Exactly. So you have really good costumes, digitized characters, just back to basics. I would love that, dude. That would be uh, awesome. It probably won't happen. It probably is going to take some sort of fan game to do a game Oh, like you know that, what you could but, do? Huh. If Ah, uh, man, if they had done this with Eleven, like, if they had... um, Well, no, that wouldn't have worked. Dang, I was, that would be reversed. I was going to say, like... You know how you had in MK11, you had the older characters and the younger characters? I would oh, yeah, yeah. cool if you had the older characters be the, the MK2 and MK3 actors and have the new characters be like new, like, you know, act, like new younger actors. actors. Yeah, that could yeah. still work. Yeah. I mean, essentially, we are getting that because MK11 is all face scanned from actors, which is the only. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not. It's not the same though, because like it's all about that look, man. That's that very yeah. specific look. Um, I feel like it could happen, but that would be a labor of love. Like that would be like a ran. That would be like a very special DLC version of the game if they actually did that. No, However, they have to change the whole mechanics of the game at that point. I mean, but like still, like Josh, like you don't think they couldn't do that? Like I really think that they could. So that's what I mean. Like it basically would be a new game, but that's why we have DLC these yeah. days or, for games. Like I, I feel say, like not the mechanics, I feel like that, that, but it'd have to be a whole different game engine. Y- yeah, like I feel like it would be a whole different game, but I feel like if it, if it could be done, which I think would be a great like sort of shout out to old school MK fans, it would have to be something along the lines of like a DLC, like something that you pay for that would not come out initially, like with the version, like with that version of the game, but would come out later on as like a big huge, like oh we're doing this. Like I honestly, don't know. so for- much work would have to go into that to get like seven or more actors to do a, you know a variety of moves in front of a camera. That it's like that's a lot of work for a DLC. I think they should just say fuck it and make MK12 2D <laughs> digitized actors. So pretty much, well, well, oh go ahead, Jay. Uh, I was about to say, well, one th- like the well, one thing we can talk about, at least as far as like the hype for the game, is that um, you know, oh. guys, how about how about that MK commercial that I came knew we were out? Bring that you know, up. Yeah, uh, great way to seg into it uh, because you know we have Mortal Kombat two just hyping up, becoming this big phenomena. If Mortal Kombat one wasn't a phenomena, I think two definitely solidified it as this. Like I said, it beat out movies. This is worldwide phenomena, and because of that, we get this awesome fucking epic commercial which i've talked about in a previous episode and you guys didn't seem to remember but dude i remember that shit that was that was it a lot of work went out of that commercial i yeah like it, it took it took me a minute because like obviously like in preparation for this i did re-watch that commercial it's not like it's hard to find on youtube 
And I'm like, wow, I do remember this. But to kind of be blunt, Josh, it's not that I'm saying that that commercial didn't have any, like, didn't have like a really high thing into it. But a lot of commercials, or at least some of them that were marketed towards kids, like, had a lot of these things in it. I mean, for crying out loud, I remember when, like, when Leonardo DiCaprio was in a Hot Wheels commercial. That was his what? first gig. That was a thing. Oh, as like yes. a kid or something. As a kid, I, well, that's, I that's different. It. He wasn't a celebrity then. It was just no, all toy uh, commercials had kids no, uh, playing no, with the toys. No, no, he wasn't. But dude, like, like commercials back then were like a whole different breed. Like, who doesn't remember the Crossfire commercial and how Cross epic that thing was? Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, video game commercials uh, and for Mortal Kombat, these run up to like four and Deadly Alliance have a lot of like dramatic scenes. You remember the 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 Resident Evil Two commercial directed by yep. George Romero? Yep, I do. I remember that one. So it's like commercials back then. Like the bar was just set in a different way, and the MK commercial back then that we're all kind of talking about. Uh, kind of met that same bar. That doesn't mean it wasn't epic. It is. It's a wonderful commercial, and I really enjoyed watching it because it brought back so many of those fun childhood memories because just seeing Shao Kahn raise his hands like with the backlight on him and say, like, like, I mean, like, like, what what else do you need to get hyped up for a game more than that? Like, I just like, like the... Uh... Just the, the creativity they did with the ninjas, like, you know, reptile more than the movies is given a reptilian look and the, the slit eyes. Uh, Sub-Zero creatively has this little exhaust. He just breathes out like this cold air. It's so yeah. cool. Uh, and it should be noted that all the actors in that are the actors in the games. Oh, I see, I wasn't. didn't know that. I thought no, it was. I don't know about the ninjas, but Katana is definitely the Katana from the games. I don't That's think it is. is. I'm, I'm certain it is because it looks exactly like her because she mean, has a similar I mean, rider mask. I mean, you seem huh. like I, I will get I will give you the benefit of the doubt, but I kind of want to I kind of want to side with Josh and say like that's pretty awesome. But Josh could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I read that and I can't remember the source now. I read it uh, at least two different places. Uh, okay. it, I mean, it might not be true for for Brian Glenn who plays Shang, uh, Shao Kahn, but I'm pretty sure that uh katana's actress uh is the same in the commercial and i don't know i i I think i saw a video saying they got different actresses but i don't know i don't know if that's true what i do know is the guys that did do work on it who are uh, david anderson and bob keen uh who are just like uh, david anderson's uh animator and but bob keen's a makeup guy and it's funny that uh, he actually did makeup on hellraiser 2 hellraiser 3 and Candyman. Uh, but more, in- yeah, it's like, he actually, like, those are his biggest credits. Like, you know, after that, he kind of, you know, he hasn't become like a big, you know, he's just a commercial dude, but he also, interestingly, did animatronics for Event Horizon. Ooh, Which, okay. interestingly, ties back to Mortal Kombat, because that was a Paul Anderson movie. Uh, he also had some uncredited special effects in Return of the Jedi, and he was a creature fabricator in The Dark Crystal. Uh, and he also did some model work in Alien, Star Wars, and Superman. So uh, he's got a little clout. Uh, and I guess just that went into creating the costumes, the, the really cool costumes, and the sets are cool. I don't know. That commercial is more epic than it deserves to be. But Yeah, it's one yeah, of that's those what things. I was... Oh, go ahead, Justine. I was going to say that, like, a lot of, like, the reason why, I feel like the reason why a lot of commercials don't do that nowadays is because a lot of commercials now can be, fully 3d or like you know footage from the game that looks like 
it yeah. could be a trailer already. Well, Whereas back then, it's, it's like they, they do a rendered thing. That's the it's three D. It's it's CG, but it's not game in game footage, so it feels dishonest. Well, yeah, but there, there's also like trailers and stuff that are actually just full on in game footage. Now, right. it's, like, it's gotten to that point where in game footage just looks good enough to be just the normal CG kind of stuff. Yeah. But like back then, it's like how do you make a trailer for a 2D uh, fighting game like Mortal Kombat where it's digitized characters. I mean, it's hard to do that on a TV. So it's like, yeah. uh, you know, do live action. You know, they, they put the money into the making of the live action trailer. And with quick cuts same. of the 2D game. Right. Like, same like thing with, like, you know, MK3 Resident Evil trailer. or, like... Huh? Well, the MK3 trailer, which we'll get to when we do our MK3 episode, but it was the same thing. It was, if you recall that one. There's a guy yeah, getting yeah. rushed to the hospital and just quick shots of <gasps> 2D. Yeah. It's so shocking. That one I remember. I don't, I, honestly, I do not remember the, two, the the Mortal Kombat 2 trailer from back in the day. Huh. I, I watched it much Mortal later. Kombat, I remember the Mortal Kombat 2 trailer, but surprisingly enough, Josh, I actually forget the Mortal Kombat 3, uh, 3 trailer, but I think I know what you're talking about. Like, now that you mention it, I bet if I go back and rewatch it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, you'll remember it's it. This it's one. a guy getting um, rushed to the hospital and a yeah, 2D comes yeah. out of his chest. It, I just find it's it so, kind of funny that like I would never have thought of that commercial ever again until you mentioned it. It's it's one of those things where it's just it doesn't randomly pop in my head like oh nostalgia. But when you mention it, as opposed you know for something for this podcast, I'm like oh yeah, that did you know that was a thing that kind of like existed. Which by the way, I mean like watching that MK2 commercial, I'm like wow, I were the memories came flooding back. Like I had a nostalgia trip. I'm like, wow, I remember what room I was in when I first saw this. Wow. <laughs> so like, I remember what I was doing. I think I was eating potatoes specifically. <laughs> Once again, you and food, you and food and, and childhood memories. Well, we need food to live. I mean, that's kind of the things for everybody, man. I feel like, I feel like this. I don't know. You launched so, that at Jay. It's like, you remember what you're eating when you were watching this and that. <laughs> Also, well, potatoes. I mean, you mean like, you were like eating like a whole potato, he, like a baked potato, or potato chips, or French fries? No, it, no, it, it was a baked potato because that's what my mom mashed potato. cooked. Mashed um, and, uh, well, yeah, I remember. Me, was a, I, I, I think it was. I, see, well, well, Josh, like, not completely. I like forget like everything else I was eating on that plate. Like at the time, I just remember that at the time, maybe like I'm watching the commercial and I'm just like my eyes are glued to the TV screen because I'm just enthralled by it. But as I'm doing it, I'm like stuffing something in my mouth, which apparently were potatoes, and they were really good. So, <laughs> you know, so I think that's where that comes from. It's just those weird things where your brain just. I mean, no, of, like, I, I definitely have memories of what I was doing at the time uh, when I, you know, recall certain shows or stuff like that. Just not the food portion, even though I'm oh the biggest food eater ever, but you know. I don't know why, but the pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just brought something back for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's that one. But no, it wasn't pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes for me. It was a baked potato with butter. Butter, butter and butter chives. Yeah, yeah, and chives. And watching like Shao Kahn just scream to the heavens with a backlight behind him saying, what about that? And all this other stuff. Remember when you came to my shitty apartment and we watched... Uh, well, go ahead. No, it wasn't the same yellow, uh, yeller, yelling guy. Uh, it was a different voice. Okay. But uh, I, I think at the beginning of the, uh, the commercial, they do pull one of the kids yelling Mortal Kombat, but it's not that guy. And okay. when Shao Kahn says it, it's a completely different. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Also, just to kind of like, I guess, tie in a little bit about that. So we talked about commercials a little bit, but there's also like different merchandising that went into this game. So one thing that was in our outline that I don't think we talked about, because I admit I didn't research it, was like comic book tie-ins to Mortal Kombat 2. And of course, there was the whole hype around the movie that was going to come out in 95 that we all know and love because Robin Shu's hair is in it. But Of course, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the um, big things that Vogue or, you know, uh, Vogue magazine or whatever, you know, Vanity Fair was like your Robin Shoes hair to to be starring in a new movie called Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Supposedly yeah, based off a, of some stupid video game. Yeah. And of course, because it's combat time, we have to imagine Robin, Robin Shoes hair at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't really look up a lot of the comics here, but I did want to just recall like Mortal Kombat 2 was when shit just snowballed. And like I said, it's a phenomenon. You got the fucking game, the sequel to the biggest game ever. And you got fucking, you know, big, big budget commercial for it. You got the fucking comic books that were already going on. And now they're picking up the MK2 storylines. You get the movie getting greenlighted and being made. Just all this shit happening at the same time. You get your fucking stupid G.I. Joe, you know, style action figures. If any of y'all had them. I had a Scorpion uh, one. I, I never had the action figures, but dude, like, I, I saw... Dude, I saw some of the pictures of that comic book and oh my god i like i died laughing when i saw really? some of those when i was in this look research the because like pretty sweet well it's not the fact it's not the writing it's the art style because it was that early 90s time so of course like everything like katana herself is not only hypersexualized, but at the same time she has the epitome of a hourglass figure like her waist is of broken um, comic. yeah and of course Jax is like notoriously buff like he's buff beyond belief like it's ridiculous and like Baraka's like super buff Sub-Zero super buff There's yeah biceps. everyone's biceps are gonna be as big as their head and if they're a woman their waist is gonna be as thin as their ankle <laughs> yeah yeah I know <laughs> that's right? just 90s like, comics I know it is but man that was actually kind of fun looking at that like writing aside just looking at that just kind of took me back I'm like oh man this is some Rob Liefeld bullshit I don't, I don't I remember, remember it this. being oh god I don't remember it being quite Rob Liefeld-esque there I don't remember <laughs> it being that bad <laughs> oh man Man, it was fun. I was like, I enjoyed looking at some of the covers, and I'm just, and I just kept LOLing at the entire thing. Like, oh, who did man, the art for that? Is that Tobias? Uh, no, like, what Tobias? Um, uh, the initial run, like during the first game, there was like initial comic, and I think he did. But yeah, Jay's right. Once it like branched out, and it became like you know the MK2 storyline, and they had like you know a uh, mini mini uh, series. I they probably had a variety of artists, right? Yeah, um, yeah, they did. Uh, they, I mean, come, but this is not really anything new. Comic books typically do this. Like sometimes the cover artist will actually be the interior artist, but in most cases, no. And I, in a lot of cases, the cover artist and the, the cover artist will be the better artist and the interior artist will not be as good because they have to draw a lot more. Um, mm -hmm. but I admit like for the purposes of this podcast, I did not read any of the MK2 comics that tied into MK2. I just looked at a lot of the covers. No, we'll admittedly we'll we'll do an episode in the future where we go through yeah uh each like era i would have swore i had some comics because like i didn't read the whole series but i remember like i read in like episode or issue one or two of the original run i have a couple mk2 storyline ones and i have a couple of the spinoff ones but like i can't find them now i know i got them somewhere the the i have a street fighter comic though still sitting <laughs> sitting out plain as day at dust really yeah uh Was it by udon i don't know it was one where uh what appears to be Ken, but as a new character, like as an alter ego dressed up as the, the, the ferret or the panther, uh, 
meets E Honda and has a friendly fight with him in, in a dojo. And I just remember it drawing the ire of my fifth grade teacher because there's a very bloody scene where Blanca Blanca like uh, lashes out at a bunch of guys that are fucking with him when he reads about uh, Ryu dying and he's like grieving and they go come up to him and call him monkey man and he's like and, it, and there's just like a two page spread of him fucking them up with blood everywhere it's more brutal than Mortal Kombat wow. and my fifth grade teacher is like hmm hmm uh, I still got that <laughs> comic sitting there but like yeah I'd love to dig up I don't know if I threw them away or, or when I moved or something, but yeah, if not, I'll have to acquire some because yeah, we definitely need to do an episode in those. Oh, I, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely done. I'm, de- I, I'm I, definitely I, looking forward to that because man, just, I was, ge- I was chuckling at the covers. If I actually get to read the storylines, oh my God, I'll have too much fun with that. I read the first issue, I think of the very first comic. That was yeah. Funny. That one was the one where we revealed that it shows two sub zeros and the second one's called Hydro. And it's supposed to be Kwai Lang, I guess. And then yeah. there's uh, Sing and Sang, who are two other Shaolin monks who can combine into Siang, who's this fucking dude of a neo-colored mohawk that Goro kills. It's kind of a creative thing. They're, they're an original character, parenthesis S, that uh, could be brought back. And I just remember there, there, there was the, the Goro side story, which Jay mentioned in a previous episode, where Goro gets transported to, to our realm. And there was like a Kano and Raiden team up miniseries. They did some fun stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, I kind of felt like you have to. I still want to read the comic, um, which I believe it was an MK10 tie-in, where like, oh, yeah. uh, where like where Johnny Cage and Reptile are with another group, and they're kind of going on a mission, which has nothing to do with either of them. They're just Johnny Cage and Reptile. Yeah, Johnny Cage like and teaming Reptile. Up? Yeah, well, they're not they're not teaming up because they want to. They just have aligned interests for the thing that they're trying to achieve and they're not they're not really like doing things specific to them, but they are um, just with this particular group of other people. So it's one whole group that Johnny Cage and Reptile happen to be in. And Johnny Cage is being his like self-centered, egotistical self, and Reptile is just being like his grumpy, sort of tragic character self. And the way and their chemistry, the way they play off each other, the comic explores that a little bit, and it's a lot of fun. That's they don't do yeah. it like it's it's not the main focus of the book, but it's but it's just there for comic relief, and it's really fun. I have one or two issues of the MKX comics, uh, which were pretty well done and are actually canon, so uh, they, they might be interesting to just read them to fill in the gaps between 9 and 10. Have they made an 11? No, not to my knowledge. I don't think, I don't think so they have. No, I don't think It'd they be cool have. if they did. I'd like to see more continuing adventures of Sub-Zero and Scorpion, best buds ever. <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah like yeah, that'd be a lot of fun because like in mk11 they basically were like best buds ever i want to like i want to see some i want to see some bro scorpion and sub-zero just going on more missions together that would be a lot of fun yeah it was I so think. great there was a meme on the mortal Kombat reddit of a uh, smoke ninja mass smoke in the clouds and the caption was smoke looking down from heaven and watching scorpion and sub-zero go on adventures together and he just looks so sad because <laughs> he's Sub Zero's best friend, and he's just like, oh, oh god, oh my god, that needs to be a cartoon series like now. Like I want an animated movie about that. Can we have that, please? If Nether Realms is actually listening to our podcast, can we have that one? Day? Well, hey, if we ever get around to watching Defenders of the Realm, there's a very uh, my favorite episode of the Scorp- uh, the Smoke and Sub Zero episode where we touch on their bro ship. <laughs> there's no Scorpion and Sub Zero bro ship going on though, but. <laughs> so, still a pretty good episode 
So one thing that we can kind of do is like just to kind of like refocus it back a little bit, and I'm like like an MK too because we kind of veered <laughs> off a little yeah. bit here. Um, what um, when you like when you guys played uh, the MK two actual game, like whatever version that you guys played, was there anything fun about the game, like mechanic wise, that you found interesting or neat that was different from our recent playthroughs of MK one? Well, um, besides being They're just so much more, yeah. Besides being faster, uh, the crop. Mm-hmm. You brought this up, Jay, in the MK1 episode, but now we have cross-up game. We do have cross-up game. Um, they, uh, You know what, though? Uh, I tried to confirm this, and I never could, but I, I don't I'm think it's in the sure Super Nintendo exist. version. Um, well, like, no, cross-up game is in there, but I'm talking about damage scaling. I don't uh... think damage scaling is in MK2. Um, however... Please, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I, I but I was observing that a lot when I was playing it because I was looking for. It. I don't think it's in there, even if you're doing combos. But it's not like I'm I'm skilled enough to do those fucking fun air juggle combos you can do. I can do ones and twosies. Um, I know how to do a a jump kick into a shadow kick with Johnny Cage. Yay me! But yeah, it might have uh, not I, been introduced because I don't think there's any there's no true combos in this game. It's just whatever you can creatively no. do. So I think there's I think combos started to come in with three. Oh yeah, they definitely yeah yeah combos three, were so definitely in three. I don't think there's enough long running stuff you can do where damage scaling would even be a consideration. But I'll be honest, I wasn't even looking for that. That's kind yeah, of your forte, but. Well, uh, well, I mean, thinking about well, thinking about the time period, ja- damage scaling was like still to this day in modern fighting games. It's still kind of a relatively new thing. I'm almost like one hundred percent positive, but I don't think damage scaling was a thing um, in MK2. Excuse me, because I don't. I think in MK3, I when we do the MK3 episode, like I'll confirm this, but I don't even think it's in MK3. I think they just they just mm-hmm. had so many different combo moves. They just knew how to like you know code them to where. Like a punch does this, a kick does this, and they didn't scale it mm-hmm. if it was in a combo or not. They just made their punches much lighter. But in two, um, you kind of get the MK1 heavy hitter hits because you're right, Josh, it is faster. And I know that they scaled the damage up for things like uh, jump kicks and uppercuts. Like actually, jump kicks and uppercuts actually do more damage in MK2 than MK1. Yeah, right. And now they got um, the uh, the roundhouse kick and, and MK1 just knocked you back, but now it throws you clear across the room. Yep. Whereas the normal high so kick, satisfying. It's, it is satisfying, but I kind of like the the, uh, the lower damaged roundhouses from the first one just because it was a nice, nah, screw that, it was man. a nice want, stumbling, get... it was a nice stumbling move. But now the high kick, the regular high kick, does that where it makes you stumble back. Uh, I also didn't yeah. realize this. Uh, I, I thought it was weird when I was playing MK1, but the crouching punch wasn't a thing until two. Yeah, that's true. Crouching punch was. Yeah, not I didn't know that. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah, yeah. Some of you don't notice. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh god, MK2. Now we actually have like at the time a more modern fighting game because yeah. Street because Street Fighter 2 was really really big and admittedly MK2 copied what Street Fighter 2 was doing just because it made everything better and they weren't wrong on that. It did because you can do so many other things because now it feels like they have a legit six, uh, six button control scheme um, when you're actually playing the game and it feels really really good. Yeah. Um, and um, it's awesome. Now, uh, you guys were telling me a while ago, back in the MK1 episode, that like playing the Genesis version, because on the Genesis controller you have three buttons as opposed to four, um, I can tell you that if I had any fond memories of playing the MK2 Genesis version on the Genesis controller, I will say I feel like I did view that with rose-colored glasses. Because <laughs> in MK2, um, if uh, on the SNES controller... 
I'm just sitting here thinking like I cannot imagine playing this game without like low punch, high punch, um, low kick, high kick, and all this is on three buttons. I just can't. I'm sure I did, but I just can't visualize what that was like at the time. I think my childhood brain just this made is, it work. So <laughs> this is one of those things that I look back as in my childhood, and I'm like, man, I was such. A douchebag of an older brother because we had one six button controller and one three button controller and i took the six button controller every time i played against my brother asshole and then so he basically had i feel like i robbed him of his like <laughs> mk2 like experience hey just because uh, like he just had to deal with the three button controller just imagine playing the game boy version <laughs> uh, I mean, I played the Game Gear version the, a little bit. The, I don't know how it is in the Game Gear, but in the Game Boy, you know, uh, terrible. there's only a punch and a kick. So uh, back and kick is your sweep, but you might ask, well, how do you do the roundhouse? Because the roundhouse is forward and kick. <laughs> so little things you got to get used to. But I want to know, oh, God, yeah. apparently there's a version of MK2 that... Under God's green earth, I will never play, but it's just the... Tiger Electronics is, version? Y- I think so, because... You have one button, one, and that's it. <laughs> really? Like you, but like yeah, like because it, it basically it's a version of the game to where your controller is like one of those flight simulator controllers where you have the button on top, <laughs> you have the button on top that you press, and then you have the, and the whole thing is your directional pad. That's it. Like you have to play Mortal Kombat with that. How do you do moves? Like I want to know. Like. I, Apparently that exists, and I've never played it. I would never want to play it, but I kind of want to do it just to torture myself and be like, "How do you? How do you do anything? Like, like how do you do yeah. a shadow kick? We ought to do, do an episode where, where we do uh, we do some little uh, gumshoe sniffing into the most uh, obscure <laughs> Mortal Kombat home ports. Just get your Tiger Electronics mm-hmm. or your fucking cell phone game or the. Because I've had I had the Tiger Electronics game but i think it was mk1 yeah and there's two versions of the mk1 um, tiger electronics game by the way uh oh really? yeah um well actually angry video game nerd did a whole big thing but it was specifically on mk1 ports and he touched on those and but i know yeah. like throughout the series there's probably so many shitty obscure versions i mean i mean there's there's mk1 there's an mk3 mk trilogy uh tiger oh uh, yeah game. i saw the ad and for honestly, that literally today and honestly, like, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, uh, they've been re-releasing Tiger Electronics. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, because I have, I have, I bought the X-Men uh, one, and I bought my brother the Street Fighter 3 one for his birthday. <laughs> oh, not Street Fighter 3, sorry. Uh, Sonic 3 for his birthday. And I think I, they just, I think they announced recently they're doing the old Power Rangers one release. I will so ask, that. are they fun to play? Or is it just a novelty? Dude, they're dude, they're terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It's a tiger like, like I had one. Game. I had like a baseball one or something like that as a kid. Yeah. Dude, I had so many. <laughs> like, I feel like because like I mean, this is like, you know, this is back this is a set of tangents, but like back in the day, like we didn't we weren't getting games all the time. Like we I mean, I had a super Nintendo I mean a, a Nintendo and I had a Sega or whatever, but games you would get like, you know, on your birthdays or holidays or you know whenever your parents feel like you know they're in a good mood like, okay we'll get you this game or if it, and it's and it's also like if it's not it's at a reduced you know price right right, right. but like because like street fighter 2 i got it at a flea market and it was like cheap but 
the thing with like Tiger Electronics is like they were like what 15 20 bucks a pop and I mean it's very overpriced yeah. thinking about it that now sounds overpriced, but it's like still. compared to like getting like a Genesis game that was going to be like 50 bucks or something like yeah. that like of course if we're going to go to like Kmart or Walmart or whatever and we see it, a game like that they're going to be more uh willing to pay 20 bucks for this thing so you shut up so then so then I, I had like I, I remember I had a Captain Planet one, I had a Street Fighter one, I had a Mortal Kombat, Power Rangers. I had like a bunch of those games, and they were like I had like fond memories because you're a dumb kid. <laughs> but like playing, I got this X Men one, which I I can't remember if I even had it back in the day. I'm playing it, and I'm like, man, what am, what am I doing? Like this is like it's going like like there's like three things that you can do and you just have to like time it to you know for whatever the the month the character is doing i don't think i i don't think i've beaten the second stage in this thing and it's so freaking loud oh my god i can't oh, believe really? my parents like let me have the like the you want me to i have it right here you want me to turn it on yeah, yeah sure, go for it, it if i can hear yeah, it over yeah. the yeah. thing I, I would like because if it's oh, that yeah, loud you're gonna hear it. yeah 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 totally you're gonna hear it hold on a second dude this is cool all right I don't know if you can. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know if you can. No, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I, I can hear that too. That hurt my ears. That's louder than your voice. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds yep. it sounds like the um uh the Hellraiser version of Morse code. What? <laughs> and watch what happens when uh, I die. It, 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 I think it sounds uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 just a, a constant beeping over and over and over oh, again. Oh god. And let me guess, yeah. you can't mute right, it let's... or turn it down, can you? Oh, you can. Hold on. Oh. Let me see. Uh, I've actually never messed with this. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Was that? The... Yeah, you can mute it. There's a sound. There's a specifically a sound button. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't know it. why you would want sound unless you just want some tactile thing to know you hit something. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know, uh, sh- uh, you know, loud noises, shiny, you know, things. But there's like. It's just LED black, like, <laughs> like character. It's just so. It is crazy what we were what we were satisfied with back in the day. I mean, there was but a lot of so nostalgic to happen. Yeah, I guess. I mean, exactly. That's why they're being re. I'm gonna get it. I'm getting. I'm definitely getting the Power Rangers when it comes out. If it already hasn't come out already, if they did a more, if they like re-released the Mortal Kombat one, I'm definitely. I'd be. Gonna a, I'll admit, like, yeah. Where can I get these? Can I go into like a Best Buy or something? Or got to order probably, online? Probably, dude. I guess, I mean, it's on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. And they, or like, or dude, like you can eBay it. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with that. No, I'm saying like the the these are like these are like official re-releases yeah. from like these are re- official re-releases from Hasbro. I think. I mean, I'm not gonna get a one-up arcade machine anytime soon, but uh, I probably would if they released a Mortal Kombat Tiger just for the fuck of it. If it's not expensive, I'd get one just for the hell. It's like it's like less than fifteen bucks, like eleven bucks somewhere. Like yeah, the one I got. Why not? So I mean, if they did a Mortal Kombat one re-release i would oh. totally get it because if you, if you get on ebay i mean i don't know how much they cost on ebay but i can see depending on what kind if it's a popular one it could probably be more expensive mm. but yeah getting these re-releases is pretty interesting well i remember anger video game nerds saying uh the the second of the two mortal kombat one tiger electronics games that was made was admittedly fun to play to the fact yeah. that he was surprised i'm like he's like this is still a tiger electronics game but it's I'm, it's kind of fun. 
<laughs> I think I think this X Men was just a really basic one because I remember, I think it was the uh, the Street Fighter one. I remember trying my best to do a flash kick with Guile because you can actually do moves in that somehow. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Man, yeah, the crap we what put up with as kids, dude. Like, I mean, going back to like the Game Gear version and stuff like that, and like the Game Boy versions of these games. God. Whew. Yeah, it's funny. I remember I fucking read a quote from, uh, let's see if I can find it, because like I said, I have extensive notes, and it when I get to going through an episode, I, you know, just kind of go from memory, because I have so much notes. But uh, there was, let's see, Game Boy. There was a quote from uh, a EGM reviewer that said, the Game Boy version is a must-own. A must-what? Like, a must-own. <laughs> and I'm like, you sure? Are, are you fucking sure, dude? I mean, hey, I guess, like, maybe if, like, you know, you seriously only want to be able to play Mortal Kombat, you're going on a road trip and you need your Mortal Kombat fix. And admittedly, now that I've played it, it's a little better than that Game Boy version. Uh, I should note, we, we, we made such pomp and circumstance in the MK1 episode about, or at least I did, about being the MK1 Supreme Champions because, you know, we played all the versions. But we never talked about the, the handheld versions. <laughs> Uh, I did play the Game Boy version as a kid. Uh, if you recall, our very first episode, I saw the Game Gear version, but later yeah. on down the road, uh, I don't know if I owned it or some other kid brought it and we hooked up our Game Boys, but yeah, they brought in the Game Boy version of MK1 and the, whew, that's, that's the thing. Uh, MK2 is amazingly a little, uh, breezier to play. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a little quicker uh but because of limitations they have to take out baraka and i think someone else uh and you know there's limited stages and stuff like that but uh I right, mean, yeah right. i guess if you want your fix <laughs> it's there uh I, maybe it's maybe it's a must own if you only have a game boy i think that was just you know you gotta say I, something nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> I kind of feel like that was your Mortal Kombat fix, like for your family's vacation road trips to the beach or something. Oh, like yeah. That. Yeah, like, dude. It, totally. it is interesting to note that apparently this, because Jade and Smoke and maybe even Noob Saibat were in these versions, and the stage you fight them on is unique to each of the handheld versions. Oh. Whereas in the, the console versions in the arcade, you go back to Goro's Lair from the first game. Right. And this one, it says you're going back to Gore's Lair, but I haven't seen the Game Boy version, but in the Game Gear, it's a stage I've never seen in any Mortal Kombat. It's like, it looks like the bottom of the pit, but there are a bunch of bronze skulls embedded in the wall behind you. It's like mm. this completely unique stage where you fight Jade. Yeah. I'm like, huh, that's cool. Uh, and of course, the Game Gear version has the blood. The Game Boy version still has fatalities. Uh, when you turn into the dragon as Liu Kang, instead of biting you, though, he flames you like Scorpion. Oh. Uh, uh, Jax doesn't do the arm rip or head smash fatality. His fatality is he smashes you on either side of him until you turn into just an explosion of bones. <laughs> so that's unique. And, and when then, they say bones, they mean the most comically simplistic version of it, like a two hundred like fingers. Yeah, yeah, basically I love that. that dude. Like, I love that. <laughs> I, I'm shocked to see that Mortal Kombat two actually started that. And it wasn't just an MK3 thing. Yeah, I remember seeing, like, uh, I think it was Melina's fatality where she, like, eats you up and then spits you out. Yeah. And she just spits out femurs. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, what is I that just was regurgitation funny? from previous victims? <laughs> mixed in yeah. 
Actually, what I thought was funny about it is that the fact that she sucks you up. So, like, to kind of reference one of my favorite movies of all time, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, it's almost huh. like she had. It's almost like she has an invisible straw that she put in your ear, and then she just like sucked you up, like completely, like your body just disappeared, like you were slurped up like liquid, and then she just spits you out, and like, and she spits out, yeah, femurs. That's Watch all she does. Out, boy, she'll eat you up. Um, <laughs> similarly, reptile, of course, in the console versions, he just eats your head and does the yummy. Uh, but in the Game Boy version, he just eats you whole. Yeah. <laughs> you just get, oh, like, yeah. pulled in. Uh, and, and then Katana does her decapitation fatality, and that's where it's like, oh, my God, I just saw a decapitation on Game Boy. <laughs> that's a little traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> I, now, I always... Now. I always thought I always thought Shang Tsung's was probably my favorite one because like he does that same slurping motion that Melina does, but instead of getting slurped into her, Shang Tsung slurps into you. You know the exact same animation, just different characters, and then all of a sudden your body just rocks, and then he explodes out, and then his chest puffs out a little bit wider, and there's Wait. fingers everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's one of his fatalities. Does that mean Shang Tsung has three fatalities? Uh, I guess so. I know that that's one that he does. Wait a that's second. The one. I'll be right back. The... I'm going to go get my MK2 <laughs> official strategy guide right the fuck now. Hold on. <laughs> this man has it on deck. <laughs> like, he's ready to go. Oh, this is such a show and tell episode of, of the I know. combat Ta- Tiger combat. Electronics okay. and MK2 official strategy guides. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm over, over, I'm over here got, looking at MK secrets and cheating because I'm look, I'm living in 2021. He's got, of course, the uh, Soul Sucker, and he's got the Kentaro. And you're right, yeah, explosion fatality. You're right. He snorts up into your nostril and you blow up. Uh, so everyone gets two fatalities unless you're Shang Tsung, just because you're Shang Tsung, huh? That's neat. Can I can I tell you guys? I had a very traumatizing experience yesterday playing Mortal Kombat 2. So. Playing Mortal Kombat, you know, trying to trying to beat this, you know, game on, you know, Sega Genesis Mini. Um, you know, going around doing da, 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 you know, didn't know I was on very easy, but you know, hey, we're gonna skip past that. Uh <laughs> get to Shang Tsung and you know, having a bit of a tough time, you know, wasting some credits, you know, because you know he's he's doing a lot of damage to me. And you know, so far I've only seen a couple of Italians, you know. I think uh Baraka, you know, kinda skewered me at one mm. point. Um, got a few stage fatalities done to me, but you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I roll back, you know, do some fatalities on them. And then, you know, I'm playing as Kung Lao, you know, that's my guy. And Shang Tsung beats me and he does a fatality and he does the soul sucking one where he takes your soul. So he, he, he holds you up by the neck, lifts you up off the ground, does the most with his other hand, takes your soul, you wither away. And it's just you just have your like withered body with the hat, and you know it brought me you know flashbacks you know to MK twenty twenty one where you know <laughs> Shang Tsung did the exact same thing, and you know I had to you know I, I turn off the game through the kind of left, <laughs> just like you know what you know what I can't do this right now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to this later, yeah it's I was like, like holy it's 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 gonna follow me for the rest of my life. He's about to get his soul sucked. <laughs> Yeah, we just need a cabal at the at the yeah, corner. Right. <laughs> he comes in like Dan Ford and just says, it. "Oh God!" Can I say something weird? Um, yeah, like Shanks. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just the the quality of the sprites in the Genesis version, or even the select screen. Um, back back in the day when I was younger, I always thought like I was like for a second. I, I, once in a while, I'd be like, "Is Shanks on black?" 
Really what? Like after he always looked darker than everybody else, except for in, Jax. In the Genesis version, I think maybe yeah. And well, he maybe, also like, he also oddly enough like with the facial like the the with the the must the mustache goatee whatever that is goatee yeah yeah he he kind of looks like my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> but like uh, a darker really? a, a, a lighter version of my uncle funny thing um, about that goatee apparently philip on actually admitted he couldn't really grow facial hair all that well right right so it's either a combination depending of a literally fucking i've seen a behind the scenes photo too a painted on goatee right while they photo manipulated it for like the character portraits like the versus portraits yeah 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 i don't uh, know i think it was, i think it was just like it might have been the Genesis was, version too, because you know what's something crazy? I noticed when I played the Genesis version is that Jax looks darker than yeah. in the other versions. Yeah, he does. I think he, everyone's he does just darker. darker. Version. So I think I think it was the combination of that, and he had the the, the hat that kind of looks like um, it's called a kofi that like a lot of uh, Africans and you know Muslims also wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. So that with the goatee. And like the dark, a little bit of a darker shading on the Genesis version, like that kind of looks like my uncle. That's hilarious. <laughs> now that you've been traumatized, though, Shang Tsung stealing your favorite character's souls. Like you see your uncle, you're gonna be like shrink back a second, and be like, uh, uh, oh, it's like okay. don't take my soul, <laughs> don't take my soul. Yeah, the second, yeah, yeah, the second, like if you hear your uncle say like flawless victory or fatality, you're gonna be like, no, no, nope, time to go, time <laughs> to get out of here. Oh man, yep. <laughs> Um, one thing about it that I think we that we haven't mentioned yet is that even though that um, Mortal Kombat 2, when it was released, um, was the bloody version of the game, there was no censoring here. There were codes to turn the blood off, obviously, but they weren't like shipped um, by default that way, except in Japan. In Japan, it was censored. Yeah, that's uh, a that curious could, thing. Yeah, that's always like weird when you think about like different versions of the game when they release internationally, like how they do things differently. They actually have... Um, I think they even censored something along the way of like the pit itself, because of course when you uppercut someone off the pit, they fall. But I think in Japan they did it a little bit differently, where you fall, but you don't really fall like all that fast. Like I think I read that like when you get hit off the pit, you don't have like a period where it looks like you're falling like a long period of time. Like as soon as like the camera switches from the two D side scroller like um, view to the first person overhead view. It's like it's not even it's not even two or three frames. It's like they hit you off of like a three foot pit or huh. something so like that. So they didn't want the terror of you falling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah, or something Which like that. I find and surprising because the- it seems like Japan wouldn't be more concerned of violence because we've seen some of their violent tokusatsu shows from the seventies. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I guess it's specifically in the Nintendo. I guess because Nintendo, because I don't know if Genesis got released in Japan uh, version. But, like, yeah, the Super Nintendo being Nintendo being a family-friendly company. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 had the sweat. And then, yeah, here, the Japanese version, yeah, it gets... I didn't know about the pit thing. Uh, the blood's green, and they do black and white cut up for the fatalities. So, very strange. Well, one thing that Japan did have, though, Josh, this is actually something new that I learned about this. So, um... There was a PlayStation version of Mortal Kombat yep. 2 yep. that was released, and it was only released in Japan. It was not released here. However, yeah, heard of that. it is not, however, to, from what I've read, it's not worth playing because much like how certain versions, uh, like I know this is, I know this is really true on the Sega Saturn version. Like when you, like on the Sega Saturn version of the game, if you try and do 
um, moves. There's lag time in between moves, which is just infuriating. It almost makes the game unplayable. Um, but it's only with like certain special moves in the Sega Saturn version. It's not you know peripheral through the entire game. But in the PlayStation version that released in Japan, every special move you do has lag time, so it becomes basically unplayable. But uh, but surprisingly, oh go ahead. I think the worst one I think is Shang Tsung. Every time he trans he transforms or shifts shapes into someone else, it's like a loading screen. <laughs> yep, there's lag time. Wow. So. And it just sucks, just because, like, imagine if you're this kid, you have a PlayStation, and you never played MK2, and you really want to play it, and you get that version of the game, but you live in Japan. You basically have to, like, do load times for everything, and that just can mess up your timing, your speed, and everything of that nature. But on the bright side, the game looks exactly like the arcade version. has all the sounds, has everything you would want in MK2 from the arcade version. It's just that there's load time for everything, but it's the PlayStation version. I mean, you know, by that point, consoles were getting about as powerful as arcades, so it's just it's kind of surprising when you think about that. It's so weird, especially for, like, I've seen, I've watched a few videos of people comparing the versions and they always put like the PlayStation version from Japan and the 30, uh, 32X, not 32X, uh, no, 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 the Sega Saturn version are the ones that are at the bottom of the list for like console ports. Hmm. Like the 32X is like one of the best ones along with like the Sega version and SNES is kind of in the middle. It's interesting. I think Tobias, or no, I'm sorry, Boone said that the the Super Nintendo version was one of the best arcade conversions he'd ever seen. Which, yeah, looking at MK1 and 2, it seems like Super Nintendo's strength is graphically representing the game as accurately as it can and with the sound. I don't know about that. I was looking at comparisons of it, and yeah, like... I mean, there's frames of animation and stuff like that. but. But, I mean, it has all the elements there, but it looks like it's always out of focus. Interesting, I didn't notice that. Well, from the videos that I saw... My big thing was just, like, the Super Nintendo version just feels clunkier. I don't know. From the videos that I saw, it looked like... Yeah, it has, like, the elements are there, but it looks kind of blurry and out of focus. I mean, I'll agree with you that, because, like, I never noticed the pattern on the ninja's costumes until I saw it in arcades. Like, they have a checker pattern woven in. I mean, the arcade one is going to be the best one, but, like... Yeah, the Sega one is, like... I didn't realize how much... How much assets are taken out of that. Yeah, like, like, uh... The, the the one scene the one uh stage where you see the sky in the background like the, yeah. the, the they they took out the shadow priest in the Sega version for some reason they took out the shadow priest and if you look at the the walls it's just so pixelated and like rudimentary it's like it is it looks terrible compared to like the even the the SNES version but everything even though they 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 you know took out a lot of that elements everything looks a little crisper hmm. on the Genesis version. I don't know. It's just it's the weird. colors. The colors are awful. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Jelly bean uh, vomit. And it's it's a little say, better than one, but <laughs> yeah, I will say that the it doesn't look great. Like look, the playing the Genesis version compared to like the arcade version on Steam. Like the Steam version definitely looks better. It almost looks like the fucking Game Gear version. <laughs> <laughs> you just showed it to me and I didn't know. I'd be like, oh, is that the Game Gear version? No, it's a Genesis I mean, version. from what I hear, the actual M- um, MS-DOS version of the game, like when it was initially released, was the best version of the game that wasn't the arcade version. Well, yeah, was I mean, the most, that's yeah, essentially what I played. Which makes sense. So. I mean, if I yeah. could play it, yeah. And it's graphically, just like MK1's port, yeah, it's almost arcade perfect, almost. Uh, and speed-wise, plays great. It's just they fucked up in the sound on that one. Uh, but 
yeah, I would say still that's probably the best version to play, at least gameplay-wise. Mm. Well, one thing well, one thing we can do, oh, Josh... Well, actually, speaking... no, gameplay is fucking bullshit because of the AI. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of, Josh, since you mentioned uh, fun versions of the game, uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that, much like we mentioned in MK1 about the different versions that were released or bug fixes and things like that, um, MK2 did have this but not as uh i guess you could say like as many like major changes to the point to where they're actually like worth really diving into but i did want to mention it briefly um mk2 from what i've read about this actually had like three different versions of the game um the latest version which is like i believe version three this is not counting any of the hacked versions which do exist where you can do some truly stupid stuff like play kentaro on round one that's a hacked version um (laughs) but like yeah because apparently that's a thing but in uh but some of these have some fun like little interesting caveats to them so like in version one of the game like most people have not played this i would actually bear to say that probably none of us have ever played this and likely never will but in the first version that was released at more like of mk2 most of the fatalities were not even in the game they were like scheduled but they were not actually in there some special moves did not work like baraka's like anti-air blades that he does or like where he just like crouches down and just does the blades back and forth that was not in the first version of the game they, they hadn't completed it yet um uh and like for the most part uh, Sh- uh shao khan and uh uh kentaro were extremely hard to beat like the ai was turned up to like 10,000 like like if you beat them then you truly are the the mk2 champion and you probably had to do some cheap crap to do it but they later fixed this in version 1.4 which actually you know how like an mk2 one thing we didn't mention before but in mk2 they have that danger indicator you know that like little ping that happens in a match like where the danger lights up that was added in version 1.4 of the game so it wasn't on the initial release but it was the second initial release version of it as far as arcade now all that comes Wait, was into that, play. Was that with, not an MK1? I can't remember now. It, I, it was an MK1, but there wasn't like a little sound or a ping there. And I don't think it was actually flashing red. At least I can't remember it huh. flashing red. Okay. Um, but in MK2, it is. But in version 2, version 2 is likely the version of the game that most people played first. Because uh, that that's where they put in all like the fatalities and everything like that. But some of the glitches were in there too. So we mentioned this before, but... Earlier, we mentioned that you could do input commands after certain finishing moves. Well, version 2, you can do that. This is where, you know, you can do um, a very fun tactic called uh, Babality Brutalization, apparently. Oh, no. Oh, God. This is only in version 2 of the game. Um, I watched videos of this, so I know it exists, but this leads to some truly hilarious outcomes. So, if you could turn someone into a baby, right, and then you can immediately do a move after it. So, what a lot of people do is that they turn someone into a baby on the pit stage, and then they just uppercut them. <laughs> and the baby gets uppercut and off the screen, and it, and it's... And it still makes the sound as if they're a grown man, you know, that, oh, you know, like every time they get overcutted. But the crazy thing is the baby never falls back down. <laughs> so it's, just, it's perpetually rising in the sky when you uppercut it. In the oh, game. my God. You know, it's hilarious. And like with Baraka, if you want to be truly just brutal and messed up, you can do his blade saw move or whatever on the baby um, afterwards. <laughs> and then the game basically kind of crashes. 
because the the little sprite like will move back and forth and then the blood drops will happen even though it's the same baby still or whatever but yeah, it doesn't the baby do doesn't animate at all i'm assuming yeah yeah the baby doesn't animate at all but oh my god it's like it, like it's hilarious when you actually think about it from like a context standpoint and wow. you can also do other things like the baby even though they're a baby they basically have a hitbox as if they're standing as if they're standing up and grown man so if you wanted to you could like input a roundhouse move and like kick the air like five feet above the baby and it still hits them full force and they fly away like off the screen <laughs> i wonder if joe lieberman saw any of this <laughs> um i don't think he did but he pro- but maybe dude, he like, would have had a it. fucking hernia <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, he would. But dude, there's like other fun glitches that you find with that particular version of the game too. Like, um, there's a fun one in this version, Josh, that you'll appreciate. If you do Scorpion's um toasty fatality, um, but what is it? But I think what you have to do is that you have to use Scorpion and you have to push your opponent into a corner and kill him. But after that jump toward him in the moment of landing uh, and you perform uh, Scorpion's Fatality, if done correctly, his skeleton head will not be attached to his body. So it looks like you're a headless scorpion that did the fatality and like the actual scorpion head will be like off screen somewhere. Like it just doesn't exist. (laughs) It's so weird. Okay, that's strange. (laughs) Yeah, that's in version two of the game because of these input commands that you can do. And some of them are just like hilarious. You can, there's actually ways you can crash the game by doing it if you do it this way. Uh, But that's like version two. But in version three, that was the final version of the game where they fixed all this. But funny enough, and I didn't know this either. So we talked, so everybody, most everybody knows that like Jade, um, uh, Smoke, and Noob Saibot are hidden characters in the game if you meet various conditions. But Noob Saibot wasn't in version two. But he was in version three. But Jade and Smoke were in version two. Like, they were always kind of designed to be hidden characters in the game that you could, like, you know, figure out how to uh, get to. But in version three, that's when Noob Saibot came in, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. So Ed Boone Um, cramming one more little secret that no one else knows about, right? Yep, and and in version three, more blood was added, and that babality problem I just talked about earlier was fixed. So you can't do that now. Like, I don't know if there's any version of the game that's currently available on Steam or whatever, where you can actually do that, but apparently in version 2 you could. And I found it interesting wait. that more blood was added. I mean, definitely yeah. Mortal Kombat 2 has bigger blood spurts than 1. Yeah. yeah. Sure. They're more like just huge globs of blood. blood yeah. Fountains, yeah. But um, My favorite one is when you like decapitate someone and a perfect sphere, like an absolute perfect sphere of blood, will pop up and then drop I down. I kind of love that perfect sphere of blood. There's something so neat about it. It just goes and then it falls on the ground and goes bloop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like like th- like there's a, realm, a, a random elegance to it. It's like not only am I going to cut your head off, but I'm going to do it with some smooth silkiness on top of that and actually have like a show and tell for it. I'm just like, what? It's just, so, just kind of fun when you think about it. Uh, quick question about the characters. So, like, Noob Saibot wasn't, um, his story wasn't created to be, like, you know, the original, like, like Bihar until, right, like, yeah. later, right? So, yeah. the Sub-Zero that's in Mortal Kombat 2, is that Bihan or is that another? No, it's Kwai Lang. Uh, it, it's said from the outset that this Sub-Zero is the younger brother of Right. Of course, they didn't name Bihan until the Nether. Or I'm sorry, till the PS2 era games. But right. So it's it, it is younger Sub Zero, but yeah, there was never anything about Noob Saibot being Bihan. Uh, Ed Boon never gave any lore thought to any of the secret characters, much to the chagrin of John Tobias, who's like 
the lore guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah. yeah, Jade, she's Katana, but she's green. Yeah, Smoke, he's Scorpion, but he's gray. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Smoke didn't become Sub-Zero's best buddy until the storyline of three. You know, right now he's just like, okay, he's a mysterious character. You fight him. Right. That's about it. Right. That's about it. And, yeah. and, and Noob Saibot's the secretest, secretest, mysteriest of them all because he's a shadow. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that they're in there, though. Just we went from having one I secret do. character to three. And there could be another one that we don't know about. Well, like Scarlet, uh, for example, uh, much like how uh, Air Mac, a uh, rumored character from one based off of the. Uh, the Air Mac. The error macro thing from the, 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 the settings menu. Scarlet, supposedly people would see a female ninja rendered in red, which I initially thought like, oh yeah, red was the base of the costumes that they used to film, right? No, it wasn't. At least for in uh, the female ninja's case, uh, the actress wore a blue costume. Katana's colors were the default, and then they just altered him into Melina and Jane. Right. So. Right. I don't know if it actually is true that people would see a female ninja in red, perhaps because of an error, or maybe it's just some, some stupid kid saying it, because kids said some stupid shit. Ed Boone had to fucking sigh and bear it when kids kept telling him, no, dude, I saw Sub-Zero turn into a polar bear. I created the game, kid. It didn't happen, but they, they insist it did. Um, so maybe there's just some people that insist they saw a red female ninja. And of course they just decided mm. to make her a reality in nine and 11. Maybe they were colorblind or they're colorblind. It could very well happen. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know yet. I, yeah. remember, like, I don't I know how you explain the polar bear, but <laughs> I think, I think I remember some of the hints saying that like, um, that Ermac is in MK2, but I know I never found him or heard of him or heard anything. Wouldn't that be? Like, it, maybe that's the secret Ed Boone was talking about in the strategy guide. Yeah, apparently there's like a random way to get Ermac or fight him, but there's just like no one's figured it out yet, even after all this time. But I can't find anybody who's actually done it. Apparently there's a rumor, too, that you could fight Sonya uh, after you fight Jade. Once you defeat Jade, if you did something right, you could also fight Sonya from the first game. Since she's not in it except as a background. I heard if you don't punch throughout the whole game and you beat Shen- uh, Shao Kahn without it, without a punch, then Ryu comes in and you <laughs> I believe he you. Fly, he, he flies in Lily with a Tasumaki. Like, he doesn't even just show up. Like, he just literally levitates from the ground like a helicopter with his freaking hurricane kick. And then just no, it's, I mean, it's, it's true. My dad works at Capcom and oh, hey, Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's so true. you can confirm yeah. this. <laughs> so, you know what? But you know, I that's heard actually, if no. <laughs> that's, that's actually That is actually part of, like, the fun of MK2. Because, oh, like, I think part of the appear is just finding all the secrets. Even if the secrets were not actually there, it's just the journey of trying to figure it out and doing all these things. Because, I mean, it's true. You had to do all these interesting wig conditions. Like, dude, like... I admit, like, before I actually did research for this podcast, I had no idea that if you played MK2 for so many rounds that you randomly would just start playing Pong. Like, for right. no reason. I'm like, I'm like well, yeah. who does that? Like, all of a sudden, I go from, like, wanting to slice someone's head off to Pong. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so it's, yeah, why not? I'm like, I-, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, you know, and if they put, like, crazy, kooky stuff like that in the game, why would they not do something crazy like Ryu flying in from the heavens with his hurricane kick? And you fight him in the game. Like, I can see it. Like, I really can. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to dive into maybe an episode on all the secrets and rumors. I mean, 3 is going to have so many freaking secrets. 3 is why I love it so much, because it's chock full of them. 
it's so like the fact that I mean, I mean this is chock full of them, but you know the select screen alone having the the buttons that you like the, the combos that you have to right, do, right. and that having to like you know unlock you know I don't know was it big head mode or something like that I forget what it was. Uh, is there big head mode in three? I uh, maybe I'm thinking of. NBA Jam. <laughs> yeah, you might be thinking of NBA. But there Jam. are there are a bunch of like codes that like if you do it right between the two players, like because each play, uh, each player controls three of the six boxes, and then right if you do a certain mode, you do like there's like certain conditions or whatever. It's like different cheats or whatever or different modes. So I don't know. There's just so many things that are in that game. Yeah, but yeah, MK2 is part of the. Fun. I don't know for some reason MK2 was the game where I didn't. I tried the least back in the day to do any of the secrets. Like the one that I always heard about was smoke. I didn't right. hear about Jade until later. Yeah, I didn't hear I mean, about Noob Saibot until later. You, you yeah. didn't see Jade peeking out in the Living Forest stage? Like I did, but I was like I I was like, who is that? But it's like I never heard the name Jade. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. What's well, like and I, how would you find her too? Because to find Jade, you have to wait till you get the question mark uh portion on the ladder and you have to win i think the second match with nothing but kicks it's like who does that you mean after you mean after the 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 uh, match after the question mark or before i think the question mark match is where you have to do kicks for the second round and then is that the endurance one no there is no, no endurance in mk what is it's what just, is this what is the i don't know i think it's because i fucking didn't get that far <laughs> No, the, thing, the, the weird thing is that when I when I played on the Genesis I actually yesterday, I, I did get that far in the Genesis version and it skipped that. It skipped it, right? Oh, so it's right before it, I guess. And then if you get the kicks right, it takes you to the question mark. And the question Jade. mark is Jade. Yeah, that's it. Okay, oh. we just solved that mystery. But it's like, who does that? Uh, so you have to beat you have to beat it with just kicks. I think just the second round or both rounds. I forget now. Well, hey, I got my fucking MK2 strategy guide here. Uh, Did it have it in there? Yeah. Yeah, it's got it in there. Let's see. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Uh, That's the thing. Like, I, I was so focused on just playing the game and trying to beat it this time that I didn't do much as far as like trying to unlock any of the secrets. Yeah. Uh, wait until just before the question mark match in a one-player game. During this match, you must win one round, doesn't matter which one, using only the low kick button and the joystick. And you must oh. not press any other buttons. And then you'll see the portal come up and you'll meet Jade. Uh, interesting. But yeah, who I'm fucking do does that? that? I think Jade gives you hints, just like Reptile did. Uh, to get smoke, you have to wait till you're at the portal stage. And when you do an uppercut and Dan Forden happens to come out and go, Tusty! If you hit down and start, or player one start in the arcade, then that'll take you and un- uh, unlock to fight smoke. Ah. That's that's a little that's a little less who does that and more like you know I heard if you did this you know yeah plus, I always I think heard you get that a hint. yeah like I actually I have that embedded in my memory down plus start when you see Dan Ford. I never knew the combination. I just knew that oh you have to hit something when you see the toasty guy, but I yeah. never heard. It always was like, oh, it's in this stage. No, it's in this stage. No, it's in this stage. Yeah, it's and in it the portal stage, like... which makes sense because you, you portal back to Earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. So many secrets. Game, man. I don't even remember how you fucking access Air Mac and all that. Well, we'll get to that when we play 3, the wonderful 3. Exactly. <laughs> I, which I can't wait. I, I, I Like I said, I, I think I had less fun playing this than 1, uh, but it's only because of the AI. Uh, 
Otherwise, yeah, MK2 it, is I get, the best MK yet. Yeah, yeah gonna, like well, it's only really, two. So. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, but yeah, like MK2 really truly is the best because I used to be an, a big, huge MK3 advocate. Like MK3 I thought was better than MK2 just because I love the running, I love the flashy combos, and all yeah, the craziness that you can do. But what? But honestly, it's like I I basically was sort of new in my fighting game journey, and once I learned what makes a fighting game good, balance, and everything like that, and I actually played more fighting games later on in life, I realized now MK2 is legit like the better game because it's more balanced. You can do you can. There's actually a, a way cooler strategy to it. Was an MK3 just like okay, you choose Cabal. Okay, I'm dead because you're gonna you're gonna flash me to death <laughs> because there's nothing I can do. Um, for the most part, but wow. now MK2, but uh, but MK2 is um it, it, like is legit like probably the best like two. Well, no, it is. There is no probably. It is the best two D MK fighting game um that has been made so far. Wow. We'll and that holds if... up. That holds okay. up after doing after playing it for the podcast. Yep, I think so because you know there's a comfort zone. I feel that um, if you played enough fighting yeah. games, especially two mm-hmm. D ones, there's a very specific comfort zone that you know you're in, and there's a lot that goes into it. The way a move comes out, the speed, the way your jumps flow, the way you know, like the way you actually get hit with something, the way that your character recovers from something. There's like a weird sort of like sweet spot where all these things combine and they just make sense and this is getting like a little spiritually philosophical and all that but um but mk2 has that balance you know it's sort of like when you like when i play third strike right third strike is just mk2 but way more buttery and silkier um and it's wonderful but mk2 has mk2 has that same sort of like feeling where if I land a hit, if I mean to land a hit, there is enough time and enough frames to where the character jumps, I see them flip, I press the kick button, that kick comes out and it hits the character and everything works exactly as intended. It's neither too fast nor too slow, it doesn't feel sluggish, it just works. And there's a lot of things in MK3 where they tried to go crazy with the button mashing and some things don't come out correctly and everything is kind of crazy and chaotic, but in MK2, when you do a move and you know you did the move, you actually see that move and you actually get rewarded for doing it. And what your intention to do and how your brain thinks um, translates to screen very, very well. And that's why MK2 is good and better uh, than MK3. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, back in, you know, when I was a kid, I had both MK2 and Ultimate MK3. And I mean, we always played both, but I remember. Would play MK Ultimate MK3 because there were just so many characters and just so many things to do and everything like that, but it always had like this um, rough edge to it. Like I don't know if it was the graphics or it's just how it played. It always felt a bit imperfect. And that then, makes sense. but then especially I would go the back, home ports of that game, right. home ports of that game were less lesser than the home ports of two. Right, and then but then I would go back and play MK2 on Genesis. And yeah, it, there was a comfort level. It just is like I feel like I'm at home. Like it just, it just felt right. Something about that game, aesthetically, mechanically, like everything about it just felt right. And playing it now, like yeah, you know, the single player is frustrating and it's just annoying yeah. to play. But I can't deny the fact that I just still have so much fun playing MK2. Like it just, it just still feels right. Like going back, you just you get back into the the rhythm of it really easily. I don't know. It just works. Yeah, out. I will say definitely it is. It is. It is excels uh, and 
the mechanics and just the fucking gameplay speed and the character presentation and all the moves and all the secrets and artistically everything. I just mm. wish they would have had more consideration to the lonely one players. If not for the arcade, I can understand you want to steal quarters, but at least you know make it easier in the home ports, dude. But yeah, uh, yeah. I can't I can't deny its legacy. Uh, I just wish I could have dived into a little bit more of the secrets for a playthrough here. But I remember that shit as a kid, so uh, its legacy is not lost to me. And and we'll see how three uh, settles of us because uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. I think that's going to be my favorite. But uh, you know, Jay talking about cheap players and Cabal, I'm I'm interested to see. Well, hell, I did play it not too long ago. I played the fucking uh, the DS version, Ultimate Mortal Kombat, which is essentially a port of uh, Ultimate MK3, at least the arcade version. And uh, interesting to note, it was originally going to include MK2 because it was Ultimate MK. It's not Ultimate MK3. It's supposed to be, you know, the, your Ultimate MK experience. And I almost got MK2 on the DS until they decided not to include it. Mm. That's that. That what? sucks. One thing I'll touch on that I don't think we've gone over yet so far um, is the commented fun thing about any fighting game is tier list. Um, I did some research into this, and I can say this. See, MK1 has a very clear tier list. I explained it in the MK1 episode as to why, but in MK2, it's actually... This is this is why this game is good, in my opinion. Um, in MK2... It, the uh, the forecast for a tier list is a lot cloudier, um, and I say that because it truly is a game to where if you are if you know exactly what you're doing with any character and you know how to really do their stuff, um, then you can beat anybody with anybody. But you know, like anything else, there there are characters that are harder to master than others, and some characters, um, depending on their move set, just have a natural advantage versus someone else, depending on the matchup. So to kind of go into that, one caveat that I found, and I won't go, I won't go like from top to bottom here. I'll just kind of group them. In yeah, because we are two hours like, and twenty four minutes into, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But but long story short of it, for as far as like tier lists go, um, the top, like the actual top three from Mortal Kombat two that I've seen consistently is Liu Kang. Melina and Jax. Um, and the reason Luke Kane makes sense. He's fast. That, he yeah. yeah, like like there's like Luke Kane kind of makes sense. Um Melina uh, um I, I mentioned this in the earlier segment of the um of this episode, but the reason why she's so deadly is that unlike Katana, Melina has a Melina has much faster moves than Katana does. Katana will throw a fan, it's a very slow projectile comparatively to others. Um her actual fan lift. Um, is a slow moving move. It just has a lot of like active frames of animation um, and it holds the opponent together. And she and her normals are just the same as Melina. But Melina, that freaking, um, her Scythro is a standard projectile, but her teleporting drop kick is not only a teleport, but it hits you also. And there's so many like things that you can do just to use that move to get out of like dangerous situations and then you hit the opponent the opponent as a result and it does like full damage of a regular kick on top of that it doesn't do like light damage it does a full damage kick so that makes melina like almost hard hitting and of course like i said before which you know um we disputed a little bit about like hey melina and katana both can actually duck under projectiles and not have to hold block to do it in order to actually like basically get through them which if other characters can't do that, but they can, that gives them a bit of a leg up on actually avoiding chip damage altogether, which is which is huge. That's really good for them. 
Um, Jax, though, can actually trump Melina because I know you guys probably experienced this in your own playthroughs because I know I did. If you yeah. jump enough times against Jax, Jax will immediately, without fail, will grab you and backbreaker you gotcha. every time. And yeah, and guess what? I didn't realize this, but apparently what makes Jax so good is that he can do that to Melina. If Melina does her teleport kick, oh. Jax can grab her out. Are you fucking Jax, kidding me? Really? Jax, yeah, Jax can grab her out of the air and backbreaker her. Because that, because it's a command, it's a command throw. And it makes sense because if you have command throws, I don't know if you guys know this or ever played any fighting games with command throw characters. Sometimes their priority level is God. So... Um, you seen you probably know this because we when we played Garu Mark of the Wolves, I'll like I played Tzok and Tzok yeah. has command throws, and sometimes yeah. they will go through supers. Um, they really will, and if they go through supers, they can go through normal moves um, yep. and special moves too. So Jax can do that. So that's what makes Jax top tiers because can, he can trump Molina. Can't Scorpion do that? Uh, he has an air uh, throw. What he has? Yeah, yeah, he does have the air throw. Uh, I don't know how much priority it has. Um, if you probably, I bet if you time it right, sure. But see, Scorpion's move is um, that's like a, a a forward to a forward to side move a little bit. So like that. No, move it's, is it's designed... literally you just hit block. Why well, no? But I mean, like the opponent has to be jumping towards oh, you. Oh, I so see. You're, yeah. So you're more on a horizontal plane. With Melina, you're on a vertical plane because she's dropping down on you, and Jax is rising up to do the backbreaker. Does um, that work in? Does that work with Kintaro's? Like <laughs> jump. <laughs> you wish. I uh, bet it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think Kintaro wanna, has boss priority. <laughs> I want to see Jack's like backbreak Kintaro. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be absolutely hilarious. Um, I haven't seen that. Um, surprisingly enough, though, um, uh, the worst character, which actually I say surprising, but I'm really not. The worst character in the entire game is Reptile, and huh. there's a reason for that. Um, Reptile has a lot of cool moves, but his uppercut is one of the slowest in the game. His projectiles are slow. They're kind of designed to be that way, but his recovery time from them is so bad that if you just jump over his force ball, as long as that force ball is like still going somewhere, reptile's just sitting there. Like you've mm. got like white, like he's wide open to getting hit. Um, his normals are slightly slower than Scorpion and Sub Zero, so he's got that right. disadvantage. And his slide is like his only like good move. Um, and even then, it, it doesn't stole do it from Sub Zero anyway. Yeah, it was stolen from Sub Zero anyway. Um, his acid spit is a is just a generic projectile, much like everybody else. So it's just like there's like there's things about him that are cool from like a move perspective, but he's not doing anything to truly like stand out against anybody else um, because his speed evolves stuff is just bad. So Lily Reptile is the worst character. In the it's game. kind of ironic since this whole shtick for MK One was to be lightning fast. Mm-hmm. I, now, I actually thought originally that Kung Lao was a top-tier character, but he's not. He's not, like, um, he, he's mid. He's um, he's mid-tier. And I don't really know why, because he's he's still really fast. And you see, maybe you can speak more to this, because anytime I ever played him, he was always hard to beat, but beatable nonetheless. But, I mean, he has his teleport, he has his hat throw, and he's got his throw, which I think has good priority. So, uh, like, I don't know. But apparently, he's apparently a, a bit of a hard character to master. An MK two, uh, it's I, th- I think maybe maybe because of the timing of it. Because I mean, if you if you if you don't time it right, you can always kind of block his teleport or his uh, hat throw. I think I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's, maybe, hat- maybe it's a timing thing, and he's not as fast as he is in like other games afterwards. I think, like I think he may yeah. be a bit faster in three than he is in two. Um, that makes sense. Also, you can't do the you can't do the air 
teleport, so you always have to be on the ground to teleport. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and apparently, um, my boy Johnny, I love him, but he got he got severely nerfed from MK1 to MK2. His uppercut his uppercut is slower. Um, his projectile has more lag behind it, so he has he has a he basically has the same problem as reptile, but just not nearly as bad when he does his uh, uh when he does his um um his curved fireball. The only truly good moves that he has is that he does have his um his shadow kick is still good, um and his shadow uppercut is good, but it's a slow anti air. Honestly, if you want a better anti air, Brock is like scissor blade thing is actually better because characters jump into it and it has a wide active frame range. While it's like Johnny Cage has to rise up and like specifically hit you. But yeah, like Johnny Cage, unfortunately, just doesn't have the same sort of night, um, um, really high-end normals that he did in MK1. But he does have a decent anti-air game, which is why he's not like bottom tier. Uh, but that's why I was saying earlier, like when I'm playing Johnny in MK2, it's not unbearable like, like it is with other characters. But the struggle is very real because I can see like truly how everybody can out-prioritize my behind <laughs> when Wait, I'm playing Johnny Cage. Was his shadow kick always red in this game? Uh, no, like his original shadow kick was just a gray thing in MK1. Um, I, in, um, actually in the NES version that I have, last time I checked, his shadow kick is green, at least in the SNES version. Unless in, they the, colors in the, in the Genesis versions. version, it's red. At least when, when I'm playing single player and I'm playing against him, it's red. Is that just a color swap thing? I think so. Um, because in the SNES mini version, it's green. I always thought that there was like an enhanced version you could do that it would turn red, but I think it's just yeah, the Genesis version that shows red, and then all of the versions. I mean, the the, the arcade version is the same thing, I think, or the 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 gen the, the Steam one, I think. Maybe it was just because I'm fighting against them because I wouldn't be caught dead playing as Johnny Cage anymore. So <laughs> I did it. I did it in MK1, but it's because there was like six characters. I can't. I, I had to try somebody, so you know, I would be you know, I'll be caught dead. I mean, I have a screenshot here of the arcade version. It's green, uh, but I did see the red version too. And like I said, I always thought it was in the enhanced version. Close. Oh yeah, cause, oh that's that is true then. Okay, because yeah, I remember. Well, I yeah. don't know if they. When I, you, I don't know of any enhanced version you can do. Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't know because uh, if I play against my own character, then they're color swapped. Uh, but if you're playing, if I'm well, just Sub Zero and you're Scorpion, the then you're still yellow. Yellow. Right? Well, I mean, no, I mean, I'm like. One's a uh, bright yellow, the other one's a darker, kind of like burnt orange. Oh, so it's right. a color swap. Uh, interesting. I I never paid attention to like if it's the if it's the the alternate color characters when you're playing single player against them. Hmm. I do because hmm. it always throws me off when someone's a different color. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Which, but just to ask about Scorpion Jay. What's his tier list? Uh, he's actually he's actually at the same tier as Kung Lao. They fixed him a little bit. He's better than Sub Zero. Sub Zero, sadly, like, <laughs> uh, like apparently is just always towards the bottom. I really don't know why because he was always a main character for me, and I've never really had a problem with him. But compared to other characters, he's just slow on everything. Scorpion though has the advantage of having a teleport. He gets that in MK two, so that gives him a lot of advantages, like in a, um in corner games. Uh, from what I saw, well, not really, because you can't escape a corner with it. I thought I thought you could. No, uh, if you're all the way in the corner, it won't let you. It, you. You stay in the corner. Oh wow. Okay. Well, maybe not. Well, maybe like if you're about, if you realize you're about to be trapped in the corner, but you know, then you can that escape. You, yeah. Yeah. Then you can escape it and come to the other side. So maybe that's what I'm referring to. But no, like um, his spear is a little better. 
and his uppercut speed is a little faster, um, but he still kind of is still, uh, for the most part, a pallet swat ninja, the same thing as Sub-Zero in MK2, but he just has slightly faster, um, slightly faster normals than him, uh, than, uh, than Sub-Zero, because they're trying to differentiate them at this point, and they always say that, hey, Sub-Zero has the moves that, like, keep you still so he can hit you, while it's like, Scorpion is more of, like, the fast character. Mm. But, uh, but it's just the fact that uh, he gets out prioritized big time by Jax, Raiden, um, Melina, Katana, um, and he's about as on par with priority as Baraka. But Baraka has better has a better anti air game than uh, than Scorpion does, just because he's got that freaking um, like slicey dicey blade move that he can do. Well, so, but I will, I mean, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, I'll, like I'll end this though by saying. Tears are never like a big thing to take seriously. Take them with the biggest grain of salt you can possibly find because, I mean, the only reason why Jax is even considered top tier is that he can out-prioritize Melina on her, like, OP moves. That's it. That's the only reason why he's up there. Other than that, if he if Melina wasn't in the game, Jax would probably be mid-tier. Um, but it's just the fact that he right. can do those certain things that, that people who are Melina players can abuse, and Jax is, like, the answer to that, which is why he's, he's a very good counterpick to Melina if you're playing competitively. Mm. But otherwise, you know, take tears with a grain of salt. If you know exactly what you're doing, you can beat anybody with anything if you know how to, like, you like do your game correctly. So I'll end, up, I'll end it with that. Okay. Uh, at that, uh, we're going on past two and a half hours, but is, is there anything else we want to say about Mortal Kombat 2? I think... Amazingly, I really think- there's stuff, there's always, there's always the stuff that I left out, but, you know... I mean, I really think that we, I really think we covered a lot. Now, granted, there's actually a lot more we could cover with MK2. Like, there actually was like a, a fighting game presence for this game. Um, unlike MK1, there was a tournament scene for MK2 that we could go into that I read up a little you know, bit on. That'd be an interesting topic to to explore in, in depth, and it's yeah. Undeserved I kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like in the future we should probably do an episode on specifically the tournament game scene or like the culture of Mortal Kombat as to how it developed in the arcade games and then went to the and went to the fighting yeah. game scene yeah, and then I've went to Evo and all the people that like became fighting game celebrities as a result of it that used it as a game to play. There's a whole segment we can do on that, but I can say that they got their start playing, at least on the stage anyway, playing MK two. Um not even MK one, because MK one didn't have a tournament scene. Hmm. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. But other than that, I mean, I've got nothing else on mine. I covered all my notes. I will just say that playing MK2 was as much fun as I thought it would be. I enjoyed it. I actually, like, it's it's fun to say that I don't know if I would play MK1 again unless I have a reason to do it. But, dude, like, much like you, you've seen, I don't mind just picking up and playing MK2 just on a whim with friends. Like how you and I play online sometimes. Yep. I totally play MK2. Well, I'm like the that's, exact that's, opposite. It, it, I, I'm, it's a I'm fun game. I'm thankful that I don't have to try and beat this game anymore because now we're done with the episode and I'll just toss you it aside. You need to play other but, people, Josh. Yeah. Don't play the air. Yeah, I'll play it when I like, meet up with you guys, but I definitely still want to go back and continue playing MK1. That's my that's my takeaway. <laughs> I think I think when we, the next, uh, when we meet up, we should... I'll bring our version. I'm gonna bring my Sega version. Uh, Josh, uh, Jay has the say the, the SNES version. Yep. I have the Maybe SNES Josh version. Or I could bring my computer with a GOG version. You can, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think I've said all I can say about it. I love this game, and I still love this game. And I still think it's great. Um, 
yeah, I I think it's just so much to this game that I don't even having we haven't even scratched the surface on some of the stuff, yeah. but it's just it's just a fun game. I like it. It's it's very good. It it's, is. It's it it holds its. There's a reason why it's held in such regard, and I think it still holds up. I still think that um, as the history of as more fighting games comes out, and then we look at like the history of fighting games. Um, MK2 is going to be solidified as one of the best fighting games of all time in terms of just its impact in general, even more so than MK1 or MK3. You just heard because it, it yep. because it was the first. Oh, absolutely. So. Yep. Josh. Yes. Uh, always uh, falling on me. Um, well, I know uh, we've gone on for uh, two and a half <laughs> hours, uh, but I had already thought ahead that you know since uh, the MK1 episode that I did kind of a longer outro a little told a story i figured it might be appropriate that i do the same for the mk2 uh if that's okay of you guys uh even though we've, we've gone two hours and 40 minutes already just end this epic episode on a longish one uh yeah go I'll, for it i'll do it uh you know to pick up where we left off uh where i you know supposedly met uh Kerry tagala i will say that i got my soul back <laughs> uh my my soul to my shoe that is uh you know, he was like, okay, I'll, I'll stop fucking with you. I'll get your soul for you. And, you know, he opened the door and I saw a little Sonado going on and back there. Uh, not of like green life force energy, but just like literally the soles of shoes swirling around in a tornado. Uh, and he, he grabbed mine and it uh, looked like he, there was a hole in it. Like he gouged or burned a hole in it. And before he handed it to me, he snatched it back real quick and was grinning and put it up to his eye and looked through it and says, I can see into your soul. And I'm like, give me the fucking soul. Uh, <laughs> So that's what happened to that. But uh, besides that, I do want to tell a story uh, that is true. It's a true story. Uh, and oh it might be tangentially related to Mortal Kombat. And I can say that uh, it is uh, the time where I discovered a secret boss fight uh, in real life. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, this is, this is a long time ago. I thought I was thinking it was like five years. But when I look back at it, it was actually 15 years ago. Uh, I was sitting on the, the uh, yeah, I was visiting my folks, uh, you know, on a break from college, and I was sitting on the porch, or, or elevated wraparound porch, in a cabin in the woods with my mom. Uh, she was smoking, and we were just chatting, and it was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and we didn't have the porch lights on, so it was just dark. And her cat, Kitty, was hanging out with us and all that. We were just chatting. I don't remember about what, but I remember, like, I could hear a cat meow out in the distance in the woods somewhere and Kitty would go to the edge and look out at the porch and stuff like that. And I didn't pay it much mind. And me and my mom were talking. And as the conversation kind of lulls, uh, I hear what I had previously thought was a cat meowing uh, a lot more louder and distinctive now. And it sounded like somebody saying, hello. And like mom and I kind of looked out and was like, the fuck was that? And so we listened again, and it distinctly sounded like a little girl saying, hello, like out in the dark somewhere. And so mom and I are both a little unnerved and stand up and go to the railing and just kind of listen. And I like shout out, hello, hello. And then, and then it comes again, closer this time. Hello. And I'm like looking there in the dark, and I swear to God, I, I hear a twig snap, and I can see movement. And it's dark, it's pitch black, but I swear to God, I can make the outline of like a four foot child. And mm. I hear the hello. And I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like I was like legit scared. Like I nope. said, Oh Jesus Christ out loud. And I'm like, mom, go in, grab the flashlight real quick. <laughs> and before she can even go in, whatever is making this hello voice is coming around the, the corner of the house 
to the front, continually going in a more increased rate. Now, hello? Hello? And I'm just like, holding my breath. I'm like, what the fuck? And it gets to the steps of the porch. And we're just waiting. And all of a sudden, up pops a cat's head from the bottom step, looking up at us. And it goes, meow? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was so (laughs) pissed. I took off my sandal, just threw it in its general direction. I'm like, fuck you, goddamn cat. And (laughs) then at that moment, I heard, uh, it's really weird. I heard this voice in my head. It sounded like not a cat, like just in my head. Like, you know, people who like encounter aliens say they hear like a voice in their head. That's what I had. And all of a sudden the cat's not there. It's like it whooshed upwards. To, to, uh-huh. to compare it to aliens again. You know how people say they see UFOs and all of a sudden they shoot straight up in the sky? Yeah. That's what this cat did. <laughs> it just went up straight in the sky and I heard the voice in my head again. This is not a cat. Kintaro. <laughs> and then the fucking the covered roof of our porch breaks open and Kintaro just appeared and slammed <laughs> me down over the ground. Oh my God. And flattened me. <laughs> and then my mom turned into Carrie Tagawa and went, flawless victory. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's oh that's my secret God. boss fight. <laughs> dude, dude, like uh. like that's an epic journey of proportions. Like, wow. Like whoever thought, man, that uh. like a like cats could be so like, you know, devious. They can yeah. shape the sh- shape the fight. Don't that. fucking trust them. Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod and visit our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash combat time podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!